Hey everyone, and welcome to the weekly catch up podcast. It is Wednesday, December 4th, 2019, and this is episode number 10 of the weekly catch up podcast. I'm your host, Carson Gibbons, and joined with me as always is my good friend, Mr. B Rad Colvin. Episode 10, baby. We're pew, here. Pew, pew. Double digits. We made it. What's up, man? Oh, just hanging out. Thanks for coming over. I feel like uh, we took a little walk around the block before we're strapped into the uh, the podcast studio here. And I was saying that I feel like we played a Thanksgiving game and then didn't come back till the following Sunday uh, because of our podcast schedule with last week being Thanksgiving. So yeah. how was your holiday, man? Oh, it was wonderful. I headed over to Austin for, with my mom and Courtney came over and she ended up she was kind of sick. Um so I felt bad about her. It's kind of tending to her, but she's feeling better now. Um, but it was nice being able to hang out uh, with family in Austin. Then whenever I came back, I hung out with more family here. So that was really nice. And uh, then I just took a day to myself before school got back. And um, That was Sunday? Just, yeah, I just took some me time. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, I uh, I played a lot of golf over the holiday. I golf with... My buddy Scott, uh, last Monday, I golfed in this thing called the Turkey Liquors Tournament uh, the day prior to Thanksgiving. Um, so my dad actually hooked up this uh, this tournament he's been going to for a couple of years for one of his clients up north at Plantation Golf Club. And uh, it's been interesting because what, what they do is they do teams of four and they'll have probably five or six different groups go out. And they play best ball, which is a really fun scramble way to play because yep. you all take the same shot, essentially. Right. And so we played with uh, just one other guy, myself and my dad, and then one other guy. So we got to do our own ghost fourth person and take that person's shot. Oh, nice. So sometimes based on like proficiency, you know, the guy that we were playing with, if he was chipping really well, we might tell him like, hey, take the fourth. And, mm -hmm. you know, we might defer to like the third shot, for instance. But okay. We ended up placing, uh, we, we won that. We, oh. we tied for first. I guess we lost in a, a scramble playoff, or n not a scramble, a, uh, a scorecard playoff, which was, I don't even know. It, it was one of those things where I, I guess that that other team that uh, tied us, I think that they had more birdies or something like that. Oh, okay. Whereas we just played like par golf the entire day. I think we were two over. Um, and they ended up, they were two over as well, but they made a lot of like double and triple bogeys, which when you put four people's efforts together, like I was pretty pissed that we were only parring things, right. you know, and the bogeys were just simply unacceptable, but yeah, well, that's still cool. But yeah, I had a lot of good golf, golf with Jake this last Sunday. We got in like 27 holes golf by myself this last Tuesday and nice. good Thanksgiving, good Friendsgiving. Yeah. Dude, what happened with friends? Dude, I was we were, I, I was in uh, Granberry, man. Yeah, so we were so confused day of because my mom was like fully convinced that you were locked loaded coming, and that Courtney wasn't. She knew that she was. Yeah, locking, well, I and I, I knew I, Courtney for sure wasn't able to, and you know I tried, but since I was in Austin with my mom the whole time, I didn't really get to spend any of my break with like my parents and uh, my family back here, and so. They ended up having like a, a lunch that turned into a dinner um, that they wanted me to be a part of. And I hadn't seen my Nana in a while, so I wanted to make sure that I got to be able to spend some time with her. I gotcha. I um, I was telling I was telling my mom, you were one of those invitations that uh, I didn't know if she was handling it or if it was my primary responsibility to handle it. So 
I, in thinking about it, I was like, I'm pretty sure the last thing he told me is that he's going to be out of town. He'll try to be back in yeah. time and he'll let me know. And I couldn't remember what was going on. So I remember I called you and I was yeah. like, Hey man, where are you? And you're like, Oh, hey, first of all, it didn't sound like you on the phone at all. It didn't. It didn't. I don't know if it was just the cell service or what, but it sounded Dude, like. Dude, yeah, Granberry is, uh, yeah, it's hard to get, it's hard to get service over there. I don't know. I, I know the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been past it a time or two. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Yeah. So my mom was like pulling up her Instagram DMs with you and I was like, yeah, no, I, I would read it this way. Like, and I was just saying, like, I think that he had told me he was going to be out of town, but I just couldn't yeah. remember because it's a flurry of people. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed it, but how did it go? It was good. Um, I think we had like maybe 13 or 15 people come. Okay. Um, a bunch of good friends, uh, some of the neighbors, my granny. Um, so it, it was a good time. Uh, update on the ping pong challenge. Oh, yes. I showed up and the ping pong table was set up in the garage. <laughs> so I was like, oh, crap. Um <laughs> And Brian was just kind of lurking the entire day, right? <laughs> he was leering. Yeah, just had, just had so, that look about him. So Jake and I, at one point, we go outside. We're the first to break the trend of staying indoors after the meal. We were kind of all lounging around the dessert bar and the fireplace and stuff like that. And so Jake and I go out to the outdoor fireplace, and we're sitting down just kind of catching up on some of the, the recent job efforts and whatnot. And um, so we look at the the ping pong table and everybody came out and sat down around us. So I quickly lost like my nice padded lawn chair and was relegated to like mm. this wet, <laughs> this wet lounge thing. So I just look at Jake and I was like, let's get out of here. Let's go start playing. So we go play uh best of three. Well, yeah. no, it was best of five. I guess <laughs> I won three. Oh, um, rounds to 21, you know, serves every five stereotypical rules. And so he warmed me up and then Brian stuck his head in the door and I was thinking, I'd already told him like, we don't have to do this this year, you know, <laughs> yeah. like we just don't. And so, so finally I was like, okay, you want to go? And he was like, yeah. So he grabs the paddle, we ping it and I go up early and I do not maintain my lead. Oh. Uh, he ends up winning, but not bad. I think I scored... I think it was like 13 or 15 that particular game uh, that he won. And then the second round, I beat him. Oh, and I just kind of like ran around the house like, let's go. Michael and <laughs> yeah. Jake are just kind of like looking what? at me. Yeah. <laughs> they follow me. And Michael's just got this look of like bewilderment <laughs> on his face. Like, you did it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like and David and Goliath. <laughs> I'm sure that they were all expecting me to go hooting and hollering through the house. But I just went and like ran away. And like, yeah. then I just told uh, Brian, I was like, we don't need a, a tiebreaker. So we left it at that. Wow. But yeah. Congratulations, man. Yeah, man, it was dope. Uh, a lot of good people came out. Shout out to all them. I'm not going to go through names or anything. <laughs> At one point, my mom goes, um, she goes, anything that is said today can and will be used against you in the weekly catch-up podcast. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you gotten, have you started to have a conversation with a, a peer or a colleague or anybody that has said something to the effect of like, this better not get on the podcast. Yes. Yeah, oh, for sure. Okay. Because that's been heating up for me from the most unlikely people. So tell me yeah. about your experiences. No, I mean, I just had several friends like uh, 
you know, my buddy Alec, or I think even Courtney has said, you know, just like, we're not talking about this. And, uh, I don't know, just different things like that. I've even, so because I have students following me on Instagram, I think even some of them have, uh, listened to an episode or two. <laughs> shout out students. Yeah. Shout out. Um, I was, <laughs> if she's listening to this, she'll get a, a huge kick out of this. Um, but <laughs> I got on a call yesterday with somebody that I've networked with uh, over the last couple of years uh, in a variety of different capacities. Um, and let's just say that she's two rungs from the CEO of a 12,000 person company. Mm. And at the very beginning of our call, she goes, okay, so none of this call can be talked about on the podcast. And yes, I've listened. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, like, please don't yeah. tell me that. I'm always <laughs> horrified when business people are like, yeah, man, I, I plugged in your podcast. And because well, and let's reflect on this for a minute, because this is episode 10. We're going to hit the 15 hour mark of content with this podcast for sure. And uh, we're up to like, I don't know, 25 states listening, got a bunch of Apple subscriptions and really appreciate all the all the listeners we've yes. got it sounds like a, about 75 or 100 listens per episode which just blows my socks off um i'm not ashamed to like publicize those numbers at yeah. all because I, I think that's a, a healthy group of friends and family that are you know tuning in and uh sharing the love but one of the things that has really made me concerned sometimes or like after after the record button flips off, so to speak, and I kind of have that uneasy feeling in my the pit of my stomach, um, is when like business people are like, "Hey, I've listened to your podcast," and I'm like, "Right, which one for how long?" Because <laughs> yeah. if you listen to episode six from minutes forty eight to one hundred and forty eight, like, awesome, I come across as like a really articulate, well thought out <laughs> person that's very intentional and worthy of hiring or whatever. Right. And I'm like, if you listen to episode four, you know, <laughs> basically the last hour, like yeah. you're probably thinking that I'm, you know, a different type of person. So that type of consumption really is concerning, but it's so indicative of life as a whole because some people hate you. No shade. They hate you because they had one negative experience with you. Yeah. And that's very true. They, they didn't get a slice of life with you at all. Mm, they didn't get that religious talk with you, you know? Yeah, see, I would love to be judged off of some of that content that we've put together. I think that would be great. Uh, but some of the other stuff, it's like, I don't know, you you can't grade every conversation exactly the same, I guess. Yeah, when, yeah, exactly. Have you um, had any, I know you've had angst, we both had angst at different moments. Like, I remember even after the last episode, it's like, we couldn't even remember if we just made a faux pas or whatever, like, had, <laughs> had we strung it together in a way that made any type of conversational sense and then i remember going back and listening to it and i was like hey man i actually am re really enjoying this episode <laughs> yeah like i because you know i'm always looking to you like if you feel really good about the episode because then i feel like i did a good job you know <laughs> what is, what is <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> no I, make but, daddy proud <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah you're, you don't want to let the, down carson that man. moment you're gonna regret <laughs> um anyway um yeah that no moment. i <laughs> I lost my train of thought, but you were talking about the angst and like the people that are listening and like, yeah, I mean, I'm always worried, especially like now that I, I was just told today that, you know, some of my students know that I'm doing this and that they're tuning in. So I'm always worried about like, well, man, like what have I said that's going to give them like am ammunition against me or 
anything like that. Um, I got to think that the students that, what are you, uh, it's been four months at the new school? Yeah. Something like that. I got to think that if they were to listen to the podcast, that it wouldn't differ from their real life experience with you yeah, too much. No, you know? it, it really wouldn't. Um, it, it's just the fact that I know that they're listening. I, I mean, all in all, I don't feel like I've, I've said anything that, that I wouldn't whenever I'm in the room with them, but it's just knowing that they're listening to me outside of the classroom and everything and kind of keeping tabs on me. Um, and I'm just like, I don't know. It's a weird feeling. Yeah, I think it's that, cool, but it, it's still strange. Yeah. I mean, even in our promotion of the show, I've kept my promotion germane to just several channels. Like I'm not posting this on LinkedIn or anything. And, you know, my, my greatest fear is that these business folks are tuning in thinking that I'm having cutting edge interviews about technology and innovation. And really, it's just, you know, two guys goofing around at the podcast yeah. about nothing. But it, it brings us a lot of fulfillment. And We're the joy. Seinfeld of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and I, I think that that's I think our best stuff has honestly been when we've just allowed the conversation to wander. And, you know, I've allowed you to take me for a ride or vice versa, et cetera. But th going back to the original thought there about all the blending and there being no distinct lines anymore. Uh, I was looking at somebody's Facebook today and realized that it was integrated with their LinkedIn. Like they had their place of employment, you know, clearly linked and posted on their profile. And it's like all of that is all of us, you know, like yeah. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And I, I used to have such separate kind of not identities, but maybe tone of voice. Yeah, no, on... I I 100 uh, percent feel that like I know exactly what you mean. And growing up, you know, raised, you know, conservative Christian, I would call it at the time, um, moderate, moderate Christian, um, around the advent of social media and whatnot. I think that a lot of that in my late teens, early 20s was simply, oh, well, this is the platform that my parents aren't currently on. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. this is my naughty platform, you know, and I <laughs> like feel where like all the crude jokes are. And, yeah. Well, you, you could, know, you talk about the rap music that you're listening to or. Well, and, you know, I won't speak for your experience, but my experience was, you know, this was the platform that I didn't have to worry if there was actually a beer or a drink caught in the photo somehow. Mm, you know, gotcha. for a long time, it was like you were when Facebook tagging was the thing. It was like, yo, don't tag me in that photo or like keep yeah. that off my timeline. And then you would get a tag where it's like you're doing something that maybe certain people on your Facebook wouldn't approve of or something of that effect. Um, again, this is just my experience, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, yeah, not no, Brad's, but I, I, get um, you know, I really was in mortal fear of that and like trying to go through, you know, Facebook privacy settings and whatnot back in the day, like, okay, yeah. I have to review it. I can hide it from my timeline, but then, you know, ultimately here's the deal. People are going to be on their Facebook and if they cultivate a relationship with the people that you're trying to hide said content from, they're, like, yeah, they're going to know that you're there. <laughs> So just living genuine and like, I don't know, I think that you can tailor tone of voice and content per platform, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but we've never been at a more seamless time in terms of who you are, what Google yeah. returns about you, um, et cetera. I would agree. I, I feel like it's a lot more blended rather than in separate these days. Like, especially since like I've shared, you know, my Twitter handle on, on this podcasting platform where which you know a lot of my family and friends listen to um 
you know, I, I didn't typically share that before just because I tend to, you know, tweet out like stupid little jokes that kind of pop into my head or, or uh, things, you know, and then on Facebook, I'm either posting like life events or like pictures from like, you know, big events, um, just kind of life moments. But now I think it's all kind of integrating more together. Yeah, my, uh, my, my family photos when I get a I got a dope family photo on Friendsgiving in front of the Christmas tree all set up at my parents house. And it's one of those deals where I was like, I know this is going to blow up on Facebook. <laughs> like yeah. Family photos where all four of us are tagged. That is Facebook gold. And so it was just wild because I posted it to Facebook and Instagram simultaneously. I think I, I later like post date tweeted it. Um, just like had a great weekend with the family, but uh, contemporaneously I posted it to Facebook and Instagram and it did okay on Instagram. Like, you know, I don't, I don't have a huge engagement. I would say on Instagram, like okay. I'm, I'm generally maxing out at about 50, 60 likes. Yeah. Um, sometimes I've gotten more, but you know, whatever. Uh, I've got like 730 followers. Okay. Um, it's it just hovers around there, but I mean, obviously they're all real people, <laughs> not buying <laughs> right, followers, yeah. not you know, L being on Kylie's Instagram or yeah. something. <laughs> but uh, Shelly actually taught me that trick about going into the comments and like mm -hmm. like back and follow back and all those different. I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess. Do you know that whole? No, I I knew about you know people paying for followers and stuff, but I never thought about commenting on a famous person's feed. Oh. I so, never thought of that. That's interesting. A good portion of like the Kardashian girls uh, Instagram comments is like people offering um, clout services in exchange for clout services. Interesting. So Shelly taught me the when she was first kind of bootstrapping her uh, hair by Shelly XO or um, mm -hmm. shoot. What is her? Um, I don't want to mess up the actual salon name. Crap look that up for me yeah. if you wouldn't mind uh, but when she was growth hacking that um she was teaching me about all of these different workarounds where you could go to like kylie jenner's page and you would essentially go and see oh session six salon thank you okay. session six shelly seals at sessions six salon <laughs> it's a real <laughs> tongue twister yeah um so you would go and like whenever people would say um like one pick lb or so, like they would use this acronym language essentially. It would mean that if you go like their first pick up on their feed, that they would then go and like your first pick on your feed. So mm. you could literally trade these different things. You could also trade followers. You could trade all these different services. I, I feel like, okay, so I get what you're saying, but I don't know if you've heard, but they've taken the activity page off of Instagram now. So I'm wondering, oh, how, God. I'm wondering how effective that would still be. Because... Um, because before, if you like somebody's picture, one of your friends that's following you could check out your activity page or they, they would just check their activity feed and see that you've liked that photo. But now that they've taken that away, I wonder how effective like liking my pick versus liking your pick and all that would work. Well, if you're not in the beta group where they're hiding like the engagement, like likes or they're we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second. But um if you're not in that beta group, then people can still see that like 8,000 people like this particular photo. Yeah. And so, you know, you're still getting the, the numerical rise, okay, okay. uh, in your, your analytics, essentially like your reach. So even if you're exchanging that and you could see it on the activity feed, I, I don't think that part matters. Okay. Um, plus the activity feed was always trying to show you general trends. I feel like it generally showed 
girls like your boyfriend yeah. like six booty pics this week <laughs> i feel like that's what the activity feed was all about right and it's so funny all the mashable articles that come out are surrounding those topics like yep. instagram's doing away with this boyfriends everywhere rejoice <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah so funny yeah, getting rid of the likes and... yeah. <laughs> it's like i don't know i don't know who that is um so fun story Michael is actually in the beta group of uh, people who are seeing the different types of activity and engagement. So he took us on a crash course on, I think it was the day after Thanksgiving, maybe. Okay. Um, we'd gone over there. Uh, we'd brought up my sister, myself, Brian. They were in town uh, from D.C., Virginia area for Thanksgiving. So we'd gone over to Michael and Shelley's apartment on Friday evening. Uh, just to have like a cocktail hour with them essentially yeah. prior to uh, their family Thanksgiving, which they were having a little bit late. Uh, John and Sarah had been on the road, blah, 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 blah. So Michael's in the group. He So he we all gather around and he shows us. It's really interesting. So let's say that your photo has been liked by uh, 12,000 people, for instance. All right. What it would show you is that Carson Gibbons liked the photo because mm -hmm. we're connected yes and thousands of others yeah, yeah yeah i've noticed that wait are you in the beta group i didn't realize i was but i know that i i can see that like i don't have to be following that person like if i just click on their picture it'll say somebody that i'm following right with along with several other people i'm not debating that linkage what i'm saying is that you wouldn't be able to see the numerical number of likes for instance so what I'm saying is that if he went to Kylie Jenner's page, what okay. it would show is Carson liked it. Carson Gibbons and thousands of others liked it. Oh, it's and literally he, saying thousands. thousands. It's not giving you the exact number. Correct. Okay, okay, I'm with like, you now. I, that's a direct quote. Got it. Um, and then you click into thousands of others. You know how you can normally click yeah. into the and? And all you can do is like you could manually uh, calculate it, but you can just scroll. That's it. Oh, wow. So they really... It's interesting, though, there's still different ways that they can kind of connotate or uh, display that this person has clout. What they're saying now is that the Instagram influencers who are selling uh, ads or anything like that, that they're going to have to take screenshots of like their insights, essentially, their insights panel with yeah. Instagram um, or just like their their rough followers count because you can still see all of the engagement others can't right your followers can't anyway michael was saying that he really liked it i thought it was super interesting okay um yeah side note talking about the instagram activity feed if you're following a member of the opposite sex can you like their hot photos that they post if you're in a relationship uh like let's say that somebody just got new yoga pants and they're working out hard <laughs> and they post a success photo of sorts. Are you allowed to like that? Like you're allowed to like the photo of them with like, oh, here's my friend's new baby. <laughs> yeah, I typically. I mean, I stray away from it. <laughs> Just to be like, safe. What good is it going to do? Just like, to be safe. Yeah, they don't need my like. And yeah, I feel like that's. I, I personally feel like it's okay. Like, I don't think everybody's just out to like, you know, like girls photos and try to hook up with them or anything. So I don't view it that way. But at the same time, it's like they, they can do without my like. So <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm not going to cause any, I'm not going to contribute to this. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I stray away from it, but I'm also not someone who thinks like everyone is guilty of 
I don't know, trying to get around their girlfriend or anything like that. Oh, yeah, no, totally. I I just don't think that all the girlfriends share that perspective. Like, yeah, probably not. And that's why, like, I, I don't really care enough to, you know, fight that battle. I feel you, man. That's, that's the mature angle on both fronts, too. Like, I... I I support your sentiment, but I also support the way that you choose to conduct yourself based on your own personal safety needs. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks, man. So what's going on? I feel um, like I've been guiding this for a second. Um, um, we've been catching up on just the general holiday season, but you're back at school. What I'm back today, at Wednesday? school, man. Um, it's been good. So you, you have a sprint to Christmas. It's just yeah, we have weeks. like two weeks after this and then we're in Christmas break. Uh so right now I'm just doing like short stories with all my students. We got into Macbeth, um, the crucible and then some short, uh, Macbeth with my seniors, crucible with my juniors, and then some short stories with my sophomores. Um, just stuff that I want to do before the holidays kind of knock it out. I'm not a huge fan of Shakespeare. Like I've, I've talked about that before. Whenever I was talking about, you know, my Why is friendship that? with, I'm just not, big into the style of writing um i don't want to read billy shakespeare (laughs) yeah perfect um yeah we are going to have you sing a theme song for us that we can put in at the beginning of this episode beginning of our episodes we're gonna we're gonna have to record custom each episode oh a custom one each episode like ad lib off the cuff interesting all right like carson and b red Sitting down for a podcast. Yeah. That was lovely. Come on, you have the best voice. Like <laughs> I'll bust it out episode eleven, man. Oh my I don't want to I don't want to steal the spotlight from you. Belt out of tune, son. Episode ten. Have you heard um actually never mind. I can't even talk about that. <laughs> oh boy. Keep going with what yeah. you're talking about, Macbeth, baby. <laughs> No, just singing. I always think of uh, the quote from Step Brothers whenever he's like, "You sound like a mix between Fergie and Jesus," and that's how I feel. That's how I feel like you just sounded. That episode, or not that episode, that scene where Adam Scott is it? Yeah. <laughs> whenever they're all singing, singing with his family, sweet oh child my... of mine. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Good time. Will Ferrell. Uh, I think he hosted SNL before the last he episode did. that we did, and. Man, he crushed it. It was so funny. Yeah. Um, but school's going great. Uh, just working through all of that before uh, we get back or before we get out for Christmas. Um, I'm doing a – or what are you about to say? Do you get out Friday the 20th? Uh, maybe so. I'd, okay. have to, I'd have to check. Are you off the week of Christmas? Yeah. Okay. Then you're out Friday the 20th. Sweet. Um, other than that, this weekend – um friday i'm seeing one of my old college roommates and his wife and kids uh cameron burks shout out uh getting lunch with them i haven't seen them in a while since i I don't know it's been over a year or two maybe um and then saturday i'm doing a 5k with courtney and her family and then sunday i'm going to the mavericks game oh ready to see luca in the flesh you know i've been feeling the same type of way i want to go over to the aac and take in some of these winter sports yes. um, and you'll actually be very impressed uh podcast audience i went all nerd status prior to the podcast and i happen to know that 
The Dallas Cowboys are six and six. The Dallas <laughs> Stars are fifteen, eleven, and three. Let's go. Stars are crushing it, man. And the Mavs are fourteen and six. They're the ones that are Mavs, really crushing yeah. it. Yeah, you know yeah. who's not crushing it is those Cowboys. I, I wasn't oh. even going to bring them up this podcast, to be honest. I thought we could like slide, you know, sweep it under the rug. But if you want to go there, we can. I mean, they're losing me, man. Like, I, I, I always say this, but like ever since the the era of like most winning Tony Romo and Des Bryant back in the day. And then especially since um, Zeke, um, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, since this new crew came in, yeah, it's been fun. It's been explosive. Yep. And, you know, they go off for the touchdown at home early. You're like, ah, this is going to be good. Yeah. You know, they were picked to win by every talking head prior to the game, which I thought was reckless. Uh, and also, this is a reflection on the fact that um, uh, who are we playing? Um, no, think on Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know why I don't even remember. That's the whole point, though, is that that team was like nine and two or was nine. The Patriots or no? No, no, no. That was that was, that was the loss prior. No, this team was. This is the funny part. Oh, the Bills. Exactly. <laughs> so the Bills. They're kind of like overlooked. Even in the post game, they're like, "Should we start to take the Bills seriously?" And it's like, "Well, we're nine and three or ten and three. Like, yeah, probably." Yeah, um, yeah Beasley. Beasley went in on this too. Man, which, that hurt. You know what though? I miss seeing the good bees. for Bees because he's a good dude. He's a scrawny little hustler. He's true to Dallas. He he was an SMU boy. Yeah. So. Uh, he, he's an endorser of Take 5 Oil Change. Yeah, he's also come out with a few rap songs. Oh, yeah, I actually listened to his uh, one of his raps, which, yeah. man, it was some weak stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, stick to football, but it was you know, really strange. There's still some respect. I was there. like, is this serious or? Yeah. yeah, anyway, just shout out. Shout out to white wide receivers everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, we have the Bears tomorrow. Well, yeah, I don't like that we did back to back Thursdays. I wish that. I don't either, man. To... And there's something about a Thanksgiving loss, like oh, it's after, extra, like because you know I I just had like my third or fourth plate, like I'm already you know relaxed. I have my pants unbuttoned, like you know, and and it's getting to that moment where you know you need to pick me up, you know, like a like a you know they call a it reason a, to jump off the couch. Yeah, they call it a second wind, but since I had already gone <laughs> and gotten several plates, like I needed like my sixth wind, wind, you know. And, uh, man, they just, they just let me down. And there's something about a Thanksgiving loss that, oh, you know what I want to talk about? So we had this whole conversation about Ellie Golding and cancel culture. Now, Carson, did you listen to, um, Ellie Golding's halftime show? Oh, no, I didn't. So you missed it. Well, yeah, because we got kicked out of Thanksgiving oh, early, like, Everybody in the family just packed up and left right after, uh, right after lunch was, which was at one. So we left like start of the second quarter, and I ended up. I think I YouTube TV'd it <laughs> while driving home. Part of the way, oh boy. Uh, no shade, but um, but no, I totally didn't see it. All right, man. So please well, inform me, dude. I'm going to. So, uh, you know, we we. We brought it to the podcast uh, last time we recorded that um, Ellie Golding, you know, there was a big fuss about her um, supporting the Salvation Army and, you know, everybody trying to cancel her and her getting um, hate for it. Anyway, she 
ended up not backing out. And so she was, she was doing the halftime show. And let me tell you, she was God awful. <laughs> like it was not good. Oh, wow. It was very bad, but I will I say expecting. everyone should have that opportunity to not be canceled and to do a terrible job during the halftime <laughs> show. Like I still think she reserves that right. Okay. <laughs> So, no, she did not do a good job, but I'm still glad that she, she was given that stage. It? Oh, I mean, yeah, she's gorgeous. She is she is a looker and a half, man. But, dude, you're going to have to check it out later so you can confirm. But, it was, yeah, very. So she was singing live and it didn't go well. Like extremely off key, man. It was it was it was <laughs> it was bad. Wow. Oh, I want to get myself bad, huh? into a coughing fit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely have to go YouTube that later. Yeah, man. That'll be uh, interesting. But yeah, shout out to her for like honoring her commitment. And um, I didn't see any backlash, but I haven't been as tuned into the outrage machine here recently. Yeah. I mean, it didn't like make headlines or anything, but I was on my Twitter just making sure that people were agreeing with me. And yeah, just <laughs> making... I was, I was like, Twitter. it can't just be my ears, right? Like, hey, yeah. Echo chamber. You up? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, everybody pretty much seemed to share the same sentiment. Uh, well, I'm glad that you got some entertainment from that because the the game sucked. Uh, I got oh, yeah. home, watched the third quarter, and then I was trying to make plans with like friendsgivings. People were at Milo Butterfingers. People, were, Ellen was having her family thing over that I was trying to go to a a pared down version of her family Thanksgiving, and I was like, okay, well, I need to you know finish this game, obviously. And then like six minutes left in the fourth quarter, I'm like, I don't actually need to finish this game. Like, what is going on? Like, this is I don't know why I'm waiting around like this is sacred time or something when they're just playing this way. Yeah, it was pitiful. It it was mind blowing. I just yeah. I So what do you think about Garrett? Same thing. I always think the dude has got to go. Tired of it. Okay, so you're not going to go. I'm not on that. I've been driving that band like I'm somebody who's felt that for many, many years. Like, it's not like I'm just hopping on a bandwagon. I think you should have been gone a long time ago. It it was interesting. Uh, They had this stat on TV the other day that of the of the six active coaches that have been with a team over the last, I think, 10 seasons like he has, they've all reached the Super Bowl except him. Yeah. And we've had the talent to do it like i mean if you're a cowboy hater you're going to disagree with that but we've certainly had you know very capable men of of taking us to the super bowl but i just feel like the play calling has been atrocious well that's kellen moore jason garrett definitely has his hand in in play calling well sure he has his hand in everything that's why that's why uh old boy keeps him there jerry jones yeah what what do you mean what does that mean why does Jerry Jones keep Jason Garrett? Because Jason Garrett will do whatever Jerry Jones wants. Okay. And in he's not somebody that's going to like argue against him. Like Jerry Jones just, you know, needs a puppet there um, to kind of pull the strings. And um, Jason Garrett's not somebody that's going to argue against Jerry Jones in anything. Okay. So um, multiple points branching off of the NFL conversation as a whole. Uh, did Kaepernick make any headway with that tryout? That, that kind of came and went, didn't it? Uh, he, um, I don't feel like I got a follow up on that. So he had a practice, and there was something about the NFL stipulations to where he moved venues. And I heard he moved it last second. Yeah, like, and so like, so only a handful 
of uh, people actually showed up to watch him. And um, to be honest with you, I felt like that discredited him. I mean, if somebody disagrees, hit me up on social media so I so I can understand where I'm wrong there. But I feel like he should have just, you know, went went along. Well, I'm not I'm not trying to plug myself, but I I am like trying to understand why he would move it because I felt like that severely hurt him. So um, knowing that. I feel like he, it was just another way to get publicity and I, and I've been on Kaepernick's side for a while. So that's why I'm kind of just scratching my head at this is why he would uh, switch venues. I didn't, I didn't think it was worth it. And um, you know, the headlines kind of came and went there. So I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be picked up. Yeah. For the, excuse me, for the purposes of this conversation, we're just grading him based on that weekend's, you know, behavior, like not, not his stance, not the overall political agenda of anything. Um, but yeah, it's it's so it's kind of silly when you think about it. Like he changes the location, and what were we getting? What what was happening that day? There was a guy that was going to go work out in a field. Like, hey guys, I can play ball. Right. I can play ball for you. You want to come watch me? I'm yeah. going to throw the ball to myself. Like, it's kind of a. And I know that the NFL compound is like okay, it's like a real a real you know testing system and like they have all their metrics and all their different exercises and it's not weird when there's a bunch of different recruits or candidates for the position but when there's just one guy and he's like dribbling a ball or like you know he's like alone on the football it's like do you need a friend (laughs) you know (laughs) you need a team he's like yeah i'm actually looking for one right now you got one (laughs) right yeah so i don't know it was just very odd to me all right well we'll uh I think we would have heard about it if he had been legitimately oh, yeah, picked up sure. by a team, but it doesn't sound like anybody's bending over backwards to make that happen by any means. Nah. All right. Well, what else you got? Oh, well, let me tell you. Um, you want to bust open your talking points? Yeah, man. Um, Cause I still have a bunch to get into, but I want to pick your brain. I, I got a, I got a few bullet points. Uh, two of them being Spotify related. Um, the first one being it was announced uh, either yesterday or today that um, the Joe Budden podcast, I've mentioned that podcast several times before as being uh, one of my top favorite podcasts ever, but they were announced as the number one podcast on Spotify, which I thought was crazy because, you know, we have like My Favorite Murder and uh, several other different ones that, that air on Spotify, but the Joe Budden podcast was number one. And so shout out, like not that he needs my shout out or anything, but um, that's just one that I've always been a fan of. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, I don't know if you have any comments there, but if not, I'll keep it moving. I mean, it seems on brand in that um, you've plugged him to me personally for so long, even prior to this podcast. And it had seemed like, I don't know if it was just in your telling me of, uh, will you hit that real quick? Yeah. I don't know if this was just in your telling me of, um, the whole Spotify podcast deal or what the deal was, but it seemed like they, he was their Howard Stern for serious. Like yeah. he seemed like the most heavily recruited podcast to go into the Spotify family initially. And he was the example that we used in an episode prior to discuss what is a, you know, what does a, a Spotify split look like? Yeah. I, what is a stream worth? I hadn't, I hadn't realized, um, I hadn't realized that he, they had access to a hundred percent of his episodes like five business days prior to it hitting any other platform. Yeah. Uh, I had thought he was on a split basis with them, but that's awesome. Did they share any metrics surrounding like what number one, 
looks like? No, because I don't think, I mean, I'm sure that they would have because they would have loved to gloat about it, but uh, Spotify didn't share the actual numbers. They just gave the list of their top five. Yeah, like Netflix that way. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Another thing, today, um, what is today, the 4th? Mm-hmm. Um, on Wednesday is Jay-Z's birthday, his 50th birthday. Ooh, and, wow. Yeah, and um, I don't know uh, if any of you listeners know this, but he owns the streaming service Tidal. And so all of his music has been uh, placed on Tidal and Apple Music. And it was really... Like he, he made that move and created his own streaming service um, in order to be more fair to music artists and making sure that they get a higher percentage of their money. Um, but however, starting today, all of his music is back on Spotify, his entire catalog. Whoa, I saw your tweet about that earlier and I was going to ask you about that. So what's yeah. going on? Is uh, title so, folding? So <laughs> I, I have no idea. There has been like no message other than Spotify wishing um jay-z a happy 50th and welcome back to spotify and that that's all the news that there is on it yet like jay-z hasn't made a comment about it or anything so i'm really curious but um i did want to uh just mention that he was probably in the crib and he's like hey 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 bay uh blue ivy will you come (laughs) over here uh look at this analytics dashboard he's like i i mixed this track i made this track i put my heart and soul into this i got these other you know other sample beats that I had to pay royalties to or licensing. Like I put my heart and soul into this. Nobody's listened to it. Because nope, it's not nobody owns title. I've been on YouTube music. Um, that's been a great, the whole YouTube premium suite is pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm still trying to cut back. I have YouTube TV, YouTube premium and um, Netflix. Okay. Uh, and I have a login to Hulu. I have one to Hulu's, though I, I got it all man whatever freemium i'm on is it still makes me watch ads through ever every program and their app seems really unreliable and like it's just a tack on for other products that that holding company is trying to sell or something but yeah i can see that um i, I really want next week let's have more follow-up on the title conversation yeah yeah, yeah as soon as the news comes out i'll be making notes so that is uncanny and serendipitous that what was it two episodes ago that i said is anybody using that? Like, how is that working with title? And right, like, exactly. His whole situation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, I'm waiting for no more news about it because I know a lot of people are probably going to be calling him a hypocrite, or you know, it, that's that's twice now because you know he stood. We also had that story about him standing with uh, Kaepernick, you know, and, and making a big deal um, about that. And now he's, you know. Uh, in charge of like a lot of the entertainment for like the Super Bowl and different things like that, um, as far as his deal goes with the Super Bowl or with the NFL, and uh, now he's also gone back on his stance uh, with the streaming services and has, and has given his music back to Spotify. So yeah, we um, got to be independent with others. Yeah, <laughs> right. So he's he's gone back on two of like his main um, stances over the past several years. Huh. Um, so I'm, I'm I'll definitely talks. be yeah money talk they're probably like happy 50th jay-z here's 50 mil <laughs> yeah i mean they they have that money now yeah well, what do you mean now well ever since they've you know started making the podcast like there's been a lot more ever since they started buying into more podcasts not just the joe button one but other ones um a lot more people have been using their app to listen to those things and so they're getting more streams so, so the question- company is making more money question for you um since you're an avid joe button listener 
you probably stream it through Spotify simply because you have a five day head start. Like you're not going to wait well, around five days for new content. That and because they have an exclusive, like I'm a supporter of them, like because I like what they do and I know that it's going to benefit them more by listening on Spotify. So that's why I do that. Is that the only podcast that you consume via Spotify? Yes. Spotify? Because you listen the, to us the others on I do Apple, at, right? Yep. And then I, I started listening to Theo Vaughn, Joe Rogan. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I've, Heck I'm, yeah. I've listened to like the past five to Wh- ten. Which Theo this Vaughn. past weekend? Um, what do you mean, which? Uh, well, which episodes, I guess. Uh, I mean, I listened to his one that just came out this past week and the four before that. I, I don't listen to any of his solo episodes, only his episodes with like other comedians. Right. And then I started listening to Chris D'Elia. Congratulations. And, yep, yep. And then Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Um, how did this get made? Yeah, so all of my other ones are on Apple, but I know that it benefits um, Joe Budden and crew uh, if I listen on Spotify, so I've been doing that. Not like one listener doesn't make a difference, but I know like if all of us do, then. So question, does, so. Uh, you consume most every podcast via Apple, but you uh spotify is your main music streaming yes platform so like uh, yes. when you were in the car on the way over here you were streaming via spotify to listen to your music i was actually listening to the the today's episode of the joe button podcast okay but you would have been but, yeah so I, gotcha. yeah, I stream all and i've had you know the apple um and i even did the title um you know week trial or however long um, I've done all of the big streaming services and Spotify has always been my favorite just because um, I found it more intuitive for finding new music. I feel like I've talked about this before on this podcast. So I'm not going to go deeper into that, but um, I just I just enjoy Spotify more. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the podcasts that I've kind of gotten into just because it you know recently is because it's debuted here recently is Eric Weinstein's uh, podcast. So. He's kind of in that fraternity of Joe Rogan, uh, Jordan Peterson, um, Sam Harris, some of those intellectuals. So Eric Weinstein is, I think he's like an investing like thesis partner. He's like a researcher, or like uh, some sort of partner for Peter Thiel's fund out in Silicon Valley. And he actually came out with, the, he was a, a guest on Rogan and a bunch of the big ones. And, I, you know, they are always encouraging people to get their own podcasts and whatnot. So he started one called The Portal, which is supposed to unlock doors or portals to, you know, topics that are related to one another that we can draw large swath assumptions or, you know, forecast the future based on history. So he has a variety of different really interesting people come on to The Portal. I think he's on episode nine. He's had people like he had Peter Thiel, the first episode, which was... Okay fascinating because it was three hours of just unfiltered peter Thiel, which is abnormal like he doesn't normally give that kind of time <laughs> away but he kicked uh he kicked his boy off uh right so that was really cool to see yeah and uh he's had andrew yang on since uh who's been i don't know if surging in the polls is right but definitely making headway um in the democratic presidential nomination race um, and re- most recently he had on Brian Callen, which okay. was really fun because Brian Callen is such a versatile dude in that. And, and this is one of the things that, uh, Eric Weinstein is kind of highlighting at the, the top of the episode is that, you know, Brian Callen is a, a comedian, a stand-up comedian, an actor, a podcaster and a fighter. And he, he has friends. In fact, he'd had a, a dinner party 
that Eric Weinstein had recently attended. And Eric said that he had everybody from like philosophers to old men to fighters there. Wow. And so Callan was just giving him kind of like his societal uh, ingredients chart for like planning a really interesting evening, you know, sitting somebody that has a hundred million dollars next to somebody that's dirt poor, but will one day make it. Hmm. And anyway, that's one of the things that, that I've been consuming. I, I still need to listen to, to more of that. Um, yeah, that sounds interesting. I've been reading, check that out. I've been reading this book called traction. This yeah. Week. I saw you tweet about that. So what, what's um, that about? Actually, let me, let me back this up real quick. Um, so, as, as you know, and I, I think some of our audience knows that that knows me well, I left my startup back in August. That's right. And uh, ever since then, we've been doing this podcast. We've done this is our 10th episode. So yeah. it was kind of a how many episodes will we get in prior to Carson going back to work, <laughs> so to speak. And um, I definitely hope that nobody perceived that this podcast was my new line of work. Uh, what do you What do you mean? That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, hey, if a million people start tuning in, gladly, I would yeah. love that. That's like a dream scenario. But um, no, whenever business people are like, or people that I've known largely through business affiliations, whenever they say, oh, yeah, I was listening to your podcast. I'm like, oh, I hope that you didn't perceive that that was like, topical and enlightened in any way like uh, don't sell us short <laughs> no i it just seemed like um actually, i understand what you mean that is a good point though because i i also had the thought of like well what we're doing is is great in its own right like it's just because it's not well what was the merger like you know right who did the m a you know yeah it just and i think that we also do a good job of like touching business concepts and like especially from like a consumer media savvy um you're an english major yeah. i'm a pr and advertising major just getting insight from like the education world and the business world alone i think is interesting or you know just hearing you know somebody who's been in the thick of of, of it of both um, just getting their perspectives i think that's valuable yeah no for sure so definitely not trying to sell a short. I don't. No, I know. But you, I'm just kind of poking fun. You, at you can get my. You get my point that when I'm getting on the phone with like you know. Right. You're like, and and they're thinking like this is your main line of work. I. I well, no, and, and nobody's accused me of that um, by any means. But hey, uh, the debate has been settled. I you know I've been courting these opportunities in Dallas and oh. in New York and in Silicon Valley, and we didn't know if the weekly catch up podcast was going to come to a. <laughs> screeching one season halt after episode yeah. 10 or 12 but uh we're gonna continue doing this buddy because let's go your boy is staying in dallas texas hype me up uh i'm just i'm just now hearing this yeah i i, I realized that before we started recording yes. I, like, I don't think i've told him anything so what i've decided for for episode 10 is um i'm gonna outline some of the generals um but i'm not gonna divulge everything until maybe week week 11 or 12 with um, the audience we'll talk after the podcast no for sure for sure no but i'm really excited the reason i'm reading traction right now which is this great book that i got uh amazoned over to me uh sunday and uh, i'm about to finish actually um it was an assignment from my new boss oh <laughs> so uh i'm going to work for i have the, the goosebumps. yeah <laughs> i'm going to work for a dallas-based startup comprised of really just smart capable track like they just track record driven people um nice. that you know i'm going to be honored to work with i'm going to be employee number six or seven at okay. at a startup that 
you know, they've, they've raised some capital. They have, you know, a working, um, not even MVP. They have a product, you know, that's in the hands of, of customers and it's ready to be sold. And so really exciting. Uh, got, you know, everything that I was looking for in terms of getting back into the market and got an awesome job description. And I'm reporting directly to a gentleman who I think is going to uh, prove to be an invaluable mentor, uh, not only professionally, but even just, you know, like I said, these lines are all breaking down, you know, it's like who you are at home or who you are. You have to be who you are all the time because there's cameras everywhere. You know, there's, there's gotchas everywhere. And more than anything, like a Christian would tell you, God is everywhere or like you yeah, know, yeah. your reputation is everywhere. Um, so yeah, I, I actually got the offer letter. I think it was the day before Thanksgiving okay, or two days before and ended up uh, signing the offer letter this past Friday. And nice. so I actually start uh, my new position. I'm going to work as director of sales um, for this company. And um, I start this next Monday. It has an office. I'm actually going to be. We both have offices now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not going to have my own own office. So this company has been in a shared co-working space on McKinney Avenue here in in Uptown Dallas. And they've since moved actually over to kind of the Victory Park area by the AAC and kind of the Harwood District, which is absolutely one of the most beautiful, you know, my favorite walking districts in in Dallas for sure. Yeah. In fact, I want to tell the story about that in a second, but um, so I'm not going to share the company name or too much about what it does. Cause I, I know that some people in my personal network probably already know, but uh, if I give too many clues, some of the, <laughs> some of the business slews, yeah, yeah. Uh, if they're listening, they can track it down, but I, I want to start, you know, and like I hear get you. it kicked off. I haven't even updated my LinkedIn or anything, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. It's crazy. Like, you know, I always call it, you know, the three years of like being in your underwear on the couch, Yeah. you know, because being the founder of a technology startup, like pre-team, pre-revenue, pre-investors is, you know, executing on an idea from like a spare bedroom half the time. Right. And I got to tell you, like mandatory work from home is not my jam. Like I need part of my, you know, part of the, part of the presentation package or part of like what I bring to the table is my ability to present my ability yeah, your to connection with other people. And I feed, I get return on energy from other people and recognition and, you know, being able to collaborate with somebody and like, you know, just normal things. Uh, and it's weird because whenever you're on, you know, Skype, uh, this will be a similar situation in that I'll be selling over Skype or Zoom or whatever a lot of the time. Uh, there won't be a need to travel to each individual customer by any means. Um, but when you just take those Skype calls like all day at your house, you know, by the end of the day, you're like, well, I'm kind of socially fed, but yeah. I also haven't left. And like, if you haven't showered or something, it's like, what's the point now? Like, I'm, like, gonna... I'm wearing a dress shirt, but I'm still in my underwear because <laughs> they can only see me from the yeah. waist up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so common, dude. Like I went to a a conference in uh, San Francisco and it was led by uh, Jason Kalkanis, like a large angel investor who runs a pretty prominent uh, accelerator out in the Bay area now called launch and has a lot of great investments. Like he was a, an angel investor, like investing off the back of a moped with like a $25,000 check to Uber thumbtack. Like, dude, he, he put, I want to say it was 25 or 50 K 
into Uber. It doesn't really matter whether it was 25 or 50. The return was $125 million. Mm. Can you believe that? That if you pick the right horse, right, man. Anyway, so, so I feel like I'm picking the right horse, uh, and without divulging too much information, like, um, you know, the founder of this particular organization is, uh, just a, a man with a great track record, uh, somebody who's really thoughtful in the interview process and in their architecture of the team and kind of their go to market and all of these different things. And so as a result uh, of starting this next Monday, they assigned me this book called Traction by Gino Wickman, who I don't know if he's affiliated with um, Strategic Coach or if they're just compadres or what the deal is. But my parents company has actually been uh, on this kick for this thing called Strategic Coach. They've been going to different markets to go to these. I always call them like cult meetups, like because okay. <laughs> their whole vernacular changed the way that they were talking about their business changed. Uh, their their KPIs, like the metrics that they were looking at, what they were re- reporting back on, it kind of sharpened up a lot as a result of, you know, the strategic coach stuff that they've been doing. And I was always just accusing, you know, they would always talk about the the leader of strategic coach, this guy named Dan Sullivan. Right. And I'm always like, this guy can start a sex cult or something. <laughs> like he's got all these rabid, you know, suburban <laughs> business owners that are just like, we're, we're a strategic coach. We're an EOS or whatever right. it is. Um, all these clubs that, you know, <laughs> anyway, so I pick up this book and it's basically about the entrepreneurial operating system. And I got to tell you, like, I'm, you know, it, it's, my foot is in my mouth, uh, because I I'm seeing why my parents have been raving about this so much. Like I'm joining the sex school myself now because the book is just laid out in such a way that it's like, if you're a business owner and you've got, you know, operations, sales and marketing, finance, um, IT, all these different departments, like a lot of times your reality feels like you're chasing your tail and that you've got 38 different problems and you're solving all these different things all the time. There's no clear path to uh, success. Success hasn't been clearly defined even. And this is just, it's like a real cool blue sky session where it's like, let's take a step back. You've got three buckets of your business. You've mm-hmm. got sales and marketing. You've got operations, and you've got HR finance. You know, right? Who's accountable for each of these buckets? Um, you know, what is their north star metric essentially? What is the culture like? Start with your core values in everything that you do. You know, those core values have to be reflected essentially. And in reading this book, like I'm thinking back over even you know the interview process with this particular company and it it makes so much more sense now. Um, you know, I, I feel like I sound stupid. I'm like, thanks for enlightening me. <laughs> <laughs> this homework's making me good. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I actually, I felt remiss that I hadn't read this particular book prior to going into this. I'm like, how'd you yeah. choose me without even having read this book and speaking this language? Cause the peace of mind that I'm under, that I'm getting from this book and just understanding I don't have to solve every problem in the world. Like I'm accountable for this and this, and I need to collaborate for the good of the company based on these core values. And like, it's all pretty straightforward. There's a consensus on it. And if there's not, somebody has got to be fired or put into a different seat on the bus. Hmm. And so I've just been enjoying the crap out of this book. I would highly recommend it. it he's referencing several other books that I've read, like uh, good to great by Jim Collins. 
Um, he's also the author of Built to Last. Um, you know, there's a whole world of like business books and the latest thing from, you know, I, I have you ever read a Malcolm Gladwell book? Yeah, um, Outliers. Okay, I haven't read Outliers. I need to. It's great. Do you have it? I do. You can borrow it. Okay, I want to borrow it. I like borrowing physical copies. Yeah, yeah. I read a digital book. Uh, I read Joe Buck's digital book when I was traveling to Europe uh, in August. And I read half of Johnny Carson's or his lawyer's book about Johnny mm -hmm. Carson. But I like the physical thing, man. Yeah, like, Malcolm Gladwell is awesome. I also own uh, David and Goliath. Is that one of his? I think so. Yeah. I picked up uh, Talking to Strangers uh, the other day. I have not read that. In a bookstore. And I read the first two chapters and I was just enthralled. But, you know, if you walk into a bookstore, these books are expensive, man. Like, yeah, it's like the coffee is like six bucks and the book is like 34 for a paperback. And right. like, I could go onto Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> we, we used to have this thing growing up, growing up, we still had Barnes and Noble and half yes. price books. You know, they were dominating the space. And I used to always tell my mom, like, I want to go to Barnes and Noble and not half price books. And she'd be like, why? And I'd always be like, because in half price books, there's going to be a booger smeared on page 36. <laughs> I always felt the same way though. Like now, now I don't care, but, um, yeah, I always, I always wanted my own new, new book. I don't care. Like I'll buy it used all day, used paperback. Like I don't need it to be hard, hardcover, you know, no, coffee no, no. table edition or anything. Um, I picked up, uh, traction for 13, 14 bucks on Amazon, uh, largely because they could get it there in the amount of time where I could still sit down for a week and read it. Right. So, um, I had to put the four on hold, uh, the book that yeah, Al recommended. Yeah. I've had to put that on hold. I started it and it was fascinating, but I'm just powering through this one at the moment. Awesome. So, yeah, trying to limit uh, some of that Netflix and YouTube TV yeah. consumption um, and spend more time uh, doing some meditation. And um, it was interesting. Like I played golf yesterday. I'm trying to play a lot of golf in preparation for going back to work next week. Um, cause I haven't worked in a stereotypical office job since 2016. So Dang. I was kind of, I was almost worried about like, Oh, am I, am I socially coof enough to like re-enter <laughs> the workplace? Like yeah. I need to go to a, a coffee shop at 8am every day and like read a book and like make sure I can still st sit still. Oh man. <laughs> nah, you're long. fine. No, I am. Um, but it's cool. They're actually in a new co-working space. Um, and they, so we're going to have a dedicated office. Um, they're going to have, they already have engineers on staff, uh, a product manager, digital marketing manager, these different roles. Um, and then I'm coming in and then the CEO and I apparently are going to sit in more of the common areas because mm -hmm. they have uh, like those uh, telephone booths and those pods and uh, just great working areas where you can like make calls and stuff. But you never want to be making a call and like an engineer is trying to code right next to you, for instance. Right. So, but yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited I'm, to. That's wonderful, man. I'm so happy for you. I'm excited to remain in Dallas and, you know, remain a company builder, um, yeah. contributing to a team, uh, being accountable with a team that's, you know, leading something that uh, everyone on the team definitely feels like they're, you know, destined to change the world with it and make a big difference. And that's attractive. Um and uh yeah i'm just i'm really excited so yeah man i'm, I'm glad that you found a part-time job you know part-time job to do in in, in between oh, the whenever we're not you know potting <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> no, we're still going to – we might have to alter the time, but <laughs> we're still going to podcast because yeah. I – this has been a meaningful – like it's been a top – I would definitely say 10, maybe even five meaningful continued experience that we've adopted this year. Yeah. Like I think that – Yeah, it's in my top 50. <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> 50 under 50 <laughs> I, i'm just teasing it's it's been wonderful for me too, man. that was great um, um <laughs> whenever you get all sappy then i have to i have to take your role i yeah <laughs> as the butthole um so I had a, some other things that I wanted to talk about. I just wanted to get the job stuff yeah, out of the yeah, way yeah. because awesome. I'm definitely excited about that. And I, the cat's out of the bag. I'll report back to the podcast audience on, you know, the name and what we're up to and probably. A, yeah, a y'all got to wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still haven't. You know, I've been showing up to Carson's to do this podcast for the past 70 days, you know, whatever. Or 100. Is this episode 10? Uh, yeah. Oh, so 70. Yeah. I think our first episode was August 28. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing this for a few months now. And, you know, I show up to Carson's place and, uh, you know, the routine is I'll text him here. He'll walk outside and, and meet me at my car. And then we'll walk the block so we can stretch our legs because, you know, I've been in the classroom all day and then driving an hour over here, um, you know, and he, he's been working. So we know that we're about to pod. So we go on a walk. And we don't even get to really talk that much because we don't want to spoil, you know, the conversation and tell each other like, like, you know, you announcing that you just accepted this job position. And um, so I'll, I'll just show up and, and we don't even really talk, but it's, it's been a lot of fun, man. I'm, I'm glad. Oh, for sure. I'm really happy about this. No, I appreciate but I, it. I, I just find it interesting that um, like I'll show up, but we'll save the conversation for whenever we get locked in and, and loaded with the mics. Yeah, it's it's a different experience, right? Like yeah. we've always had great conversations, but the thing that I've liked about this is a that there's something tangible that we can point to for our time even in our leisure time. Like here's something that we produced that is bringing joy. It's brought you know fits of laughter to friends yeah. and family. Like I've had people text me like, "Dude, I'm crying right now." Like hey. and that that's crazy to me, you know, just yeah. like the 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 listeners and i i love all of that and yeah whenever you were bringing about like the hours in which people listen like that that's shocked that's the first that i heard of that and that really shocked me and you know we we say it almost every time but honestly like we really appreciate everybody tuning in and it's just crazy to me that you guys have continued to do it you know week after week that that means a lot and there's really this mutual benefit in that you know i definitely purge some of my this is like therapy for me in certain ways yeah. uh, sitting down undistracted for a conversation where i can't be like hey let me show you this youtube thing and we're going to cut off four minutes of conversation and then we'll get back into it you know this is just let's talk let's make it a conversation that our friends and family can listen to uh, different people that are interested in learning more about us and then just the feedback from people where they're like you know, I've had multiple texts from friends that are like, I have to keep up with you through your podcast because, <laughs> right. you know, things are so busy that, you know, I had uh, like a two hour call with our friend Sierra the other day and shout out Sierra. Miss you. Yeah. She just bought her first home. Shout out. She bought this hey. beautiful home in Corona, California. She sent me the Zillow and man, it is balling. Um, can't awesome. wait to get out Congratulations. there. Congratulations. 
I think she's going to have her housewarming um, early next year. So definitely going to try to get out there soon. But uh, we had a great conversation and she was, I was apologizing for being MIA and she was like, you're doing pretty good. Like you're, I, she said, I had to scroll further to text this other person <laughs> than you. And I was like, wow, that's pretty bad. Like, <laughs> but it's been great because Shelly and various people have just commented, like, it's a great way to keep up with you guys. And like, you can make it's almost like, you know, have you announced it on the podcast yet? It's right. like, you know what I mean? Like, there's that sickness that a lot of millennials are dealing with. I know I've low key been dealing with this more than I ever thought, which is like social media addiction yes. in a lot of ways. And, you know, does it matter if I don't have a, a photo to represent this memory? You know, I, I went, I had this trip earlier this year where I went to Grace, uh, the Sand Dunes, Great Sand Dunes National Monument, um, White Sand Dunes National right, Monument right, right. in um, New Mexico near Rio Dosa. And I got there, I took all the photos and then I sat down and I set a timer and, you know, I meditated for like 10 or 15 minutes at the top of the sand dune peak. Like, and it was in between like military tests or whatever <laughs> with these fighter jets, you know, going over us. And um, it was weird because like I was... I was yearning to be moved in that moment. I was yearning to feel the moment in the movie where they have the drone and he's flying over you as you're at the top of the mountain at the end of the montage where you're scaling yeah, yourself it's up. It's like circling around you like you finally reached the peak. Yes. And your arms are outstretched to the head. Like I want that feeling that that movie creates for me, that sense of satisfaction, that sense of like you're here. And sometimes it the, doesn't work out that way. The older I get, I'm like, okay, I meditated. I saw it. This is cool. I'm going to sit here. And like, I just, I remember sitting outside of the Louvre for 30 minutes and just saying, be moved, Carson. <laughs> you know, you just quit your, quit your job. You're home free or overseas, like yeah. be moved. And, you know, I'm just watching this, you know, fat guy next to me on his phone. Like <laughs> he finally gets the text from his wife, like, Hey, we're outside. Okay. You know, right. they're, they're from Indiana or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this isn't moving. Yeah. So I feel like the list of things that truly move you, um, it dwindles as you get older and that's, you're always growing or dying, you know? Yeah. And I think that's why people really intently try to build families and have kids and, home and hearth and traditions is because yeah they're, it's they're more trying, those connections that move you yeah you're trying to to be moved and have a, a reverent moment in life where you feel a little bit transformed and um anyway so that i don't know why we got on that white sand stuff um uh, you know for, oh, for one talking I don't about know the instagram uh sickness of like oh if yeah, I, yeah if if you I heard this challenge on a podcast the other day where it's like you could offer a girl a trip to Bali for two weeks, all expenses paid. She's on the back of a camel. But She's in the take. market, but you can't take your cell phone yeah. with you. And nobody will photograph you at all while you're there. But you have all the experiences and the memories. Yeah, and uh, the many percentage people won't take of people it. that won't take it is astounding. Yeah. And I was like, because it's all like, look at what I'm doing rather than like you actually wanting to do all of it. It's but, more for the look. So this isn't a, a sickness, uh, going back to what I was referring to with the podcast, it's more, uh, it, it's an announcement platform where it's like, you know, at what point do these key life things make it onto the podcast? At what point do you share this? You know, at what right. point is it firmed up enough that you're going to divulge 
this amount of information. Yeah, right? like dating, jobs, um, just certain certain life events. Yeah, just big things, and um, it's also it's interesting. It's like any anytime you change your LinkedIn or like your Facebook status, like relationship status or whatever, whatever the big you know thing is that you hit live and then you wait for the feedback to come in mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yep yeah it's like you post and now we wait it's like yeah so you know with offer letter uh signed and sent and acknowledged and start date intact i feel confident in sharing that information but yeah um it is just interesting the podcast i guess is what i'm saying is a symbol of you know, what are you making evident in your person, well, in your and, life? And the, yeah. And this is more for us. Like, I mean, yeah, we're like, Hey guys, tune in. If you know, if you want to, like we'll post it on our social media stories and tweet it out and stuff. But at the end of the day, I feel like this podcast isn't like, Hey, look at us and, and all the stuff that's going on. But this is really like a conversation between you and I, and it's, you know, just, it's benefited our friendship. Uh, and not only that, um, it's just been like a nice, like you said, creative outlet for us. You know, like I don't really write as much as I used to. Like this is something that I really look forward to. Um, like, like, like I said, I'm really happy that we're back here on a Wednesday because this has become like a routine for me, something that I really look forward to doing. Um, regardless if we have, you know, several hours of listeners or if it was just you and I listening to our own episode um, at the end of the day, it's just been really fun for me to create this with you. Yeah. It's interesting. It's one of the first like work products that, and not even work product, but just a project. You know, this is something that we, it takes time and dedication and coordination, a routine. Uh, and, you know, I have you to thank for a lot of that commitment and showing up. Like we have a recurring iCal meeting every Wednesday for the weekly catch up, you know, podcast recording. And we're really faithful with that. In fact, you're normally early. Um, but if you had told me, I feel like everything before it's like, well, I'll do that, but there has to be a, like a bunch of feedback, a bunch of listeners or whatever. Yeah. And even just getting like these 70, a hundred listens per episode is mind blowing to me. Yeah. And I, in no way, what it's done for me is instead of hitting you over the head and saying, what podcast are you listening to? <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, the Joe Budden podcast. Like screw that. You should be listening to the <laughs> weekly catch up. Right. Which is kind of how I felt about other projects I've been involved with. You know, that's not fulfilling for either party. What is super fulfilling is when like a friend comes to me and they're like, oh, yeah. And they're referencing something. And, and you like, had no idea. I'm like, you listen to the podcast. <laughs> right. and they're like, yeah. And they're like shocked that I'm shocked, but I'm truly shocked right. and in awe. I'm like, which one? <laughs> and when they say like, well, multiple, I'm like, what? It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's been... I'm always like which five minutes of which was it the first right. one or the last one <laughs> they're like no no no, I'm, I'm subscribed or i'm like yep. get out of town you know yeah that's so cool podcasting is just really exploding at the, like i feel like it's been around for a long time because i've been listening to podcasts for quite a while like probably four years five years at this point um but it's really been like as a consumer driven thing yeah. in the last 24 months that this thing has just really exploded yeah, man, it's it's been pretty cool to see and now to be a part of. Uh, did you see that Joe Rogan had uh, Tulsi Gabbard and uh, Jocko? On? Yes, I did. I, I didn't listen to it, but I did see that they were featured. Yes, it was so cool because Joe will just ask her the questions like 
isn't this just crazy? Like, and, and it's just a good conversation. And every, every person that he's had on, he humanizes so much. Like, yes. They are so much more human after their interview with him because they're just normal people and he wouldn't have it in any other way, obviously. But that, that one is awesome. And it really, I hadn't actually sat down. Uh, I'm kind of ashamed to admit this, but I'd never sat down and really consumed any of Jocko's content whatsoever. And after hearing more about his story, I ended up following him on like Twitter and stuff just because he'll post like every day, he'll post a screenshot of his alarm going off at like 4.32 a.m. or mm. whatever time it is, sometimes even earlier. And uh, he's just, he's like a, a Navy SEAL fighter, like yeah. just now he's like an inspirational guy that has companies. He's a strategic consultant and mm -hmm. coach. And anyway, it was, I, I actually got on some of his stuff because you know, him, David Goggins, some yeah, of these guys, I, like I follow David Goggins. I do a beast. Yeah. I've been looking for more of that, uh, recently in certain ways, just because, and it's, it's actually, even in the last 10 weeks, I've evolved a little bit on this. Like even my stance on some religious aspects, it's like, You've got to create a framework or grasp onto an existing framework yeah. that works to get you through, you yeah. know, like works to keep you um, just looking at the world in the way that you need to see it to be effective and to be kind to others and yeah. um, to be really impactful because and to really a body in motion stays in motion, you know, like mm -hmm. there's a lot of momentum that, you know. You know what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, you yeah, run one you. mile, it's easier to run two. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I, I've really been enjoying tuning into some of that content. Speaking of presidential news. Oh, some dropouts? Or no? Are we uh, actually that, talking about the president? Actually, yeah. Or did you read my, my show notes? I um, did not. Somebody that should have gone on Rogan was Kamala Harris. Bye-bye. Mm. <laughs> She's gone. She's gone. Oh, she gone. She, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's actually I have several breaking news stories related to this. So. Yeah, I have one, but let's get through yours. Oh, you have a political well, news. No, story? no, no. Oh, well, okay. uh, somewhat nice. Mm, I'm impressed. No, like candidates or anything like that, but um, it's a news story. You know, there's not a whole lot to report on Kamala. Uh, she went on other than her, her video. dropping out, so they might as well arrest her parents. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Isn't that what she <laughs> yeah. voted on? Yeah. Hey, man, she had some really gangster. <laughs> like rulings whenever she was the that's deep. what i'm saying like she would arrest parents like kids for kids, kids yeah the, the kids would drop out so they she got parents arrested because of that yeah single parents who couldn't go to their job at the dollar general because they were arrested because their child was late to school or truant to school which if it's a single mother and she has a 16 year old son who's already six foot two good luck controlling that guy right you know, for all you know he walked into the school building you're not in control as to whether or not he left but here's the real problem I get the sentiment of what she was trying to do there. And like, I do believe that a good, like strong families make a good country, a strong country. And, um, that complete families make, you know, strong families yes. and it just makes it all easier. But when you're a single mom of like, um, you know, a, a child who's 16, 17, 18, and they incarcerate you, um, causing you to miss a job where one day missed is going to cause your termination. You're perpetuating the cycle of poverty there. Like, yep. That's so screwed up. And that was just one of the egregious things. Like she was still doing like prison work camps and stuff like that, which 
Yeah. I don't know why that part is bad, actually. Like, I think the prison manual hard labor is a huge deterrent. Like, mm-hmm. some people have viewed prison as three squares a day, you know? Yeah, yeah. And They're a like shelter. Some people have committed crimes simply to for the back. shelter aspect of it. Yes. Um, and some people have failed. Like they're like, you didn't do it. You didn't do an egregious enough crime. We're overcrowded. We here's your yeah. ticket. Right. Pay this fine. So and... then they're like, all right. And then they stab the officer. Like, how about now? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no. So Kamala is out. She went on her video and just simply said, "I don't have the financial resources to continue." Hmm. Uh, and it was like, womp womp. Yeah. She has been. She was such an inauthentic candidate. Yes. Um, she crushed her first debate performance and then fell flat on her face at every opportunity given thereafter. Um, check this out. Checking it. You know old Joe Biden? Old Joe? He said that he would seriously look at her as, as a, a as VP. VP. Yes, I did here. see that. I did see that. And I was I'm like, up to date. Dude, did you see his... Uh, did you see his stump speech where he's talking about kids touching his leg hair in the pool? Yes. What is he doing? What is go- he's like, what? He's like, my, my leg hair is really coarse and thick, and kids in the pool they would they would rub on it and they would make it stand up Get and then go back out, down, bro. and they would jump in my lap, and I loved it, and they've been jumping in my lap ever since, and it was like, dude, what? what cringe, what? man, cringe. I I heard the other day he was at a uh, an event, and he was like. It was like an event in New Hampshire, and he's like, "What's going on, West Virginia?" Or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Dude, he's lost. It. In the interim, Mike Bloomberg has come on strong. Yeah, I'm sure that you've caught his ads just watching any of your normal network yep. television. Yep, he's been popping in, staring at me through the TV. Fifty-eight million dollars um, yeah. of media buys. Uh, we'll see how much that. He was already at three percent nationally, which I thought was interesting. Um, given the fact that people like Cory Booker that have been in the race don't have 2% nationally. Yeah. But uh, the thing that I thought was interesting, I actually tweeted about this the other day, and I didn't get any traction on this tweet, but I think I tweeted something like, uh, billionaire, billionaire Tom Steyer's ads are a lot more personal than billionaire Mike Bloomberg's ads, <laughs> which neither of which are going to defeat the current billionaire president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tom if Steyer I, is if like... If I saw that, I would have liked it, man direct eye contact uh he's very personal he even i even noticed there's a psychology to this you know how they always sign off by saying like i'm tom steyer and i approve this message yeah well he says that part way through because he wants to end on we're going to expose donald trump for what he is a fraud and a failure and then it rolls to credits and nice. i thought so that toying around with the normal boilerplate of political ad copy is just another innovation yeah. uh, that we're seeing. Interesting. But obviously, he's had huge media buys throughout the entire Trump presidency. Yes. Uh, and I think he's much more personal because have you seen a single Mike Bloomberg ad where he's talking to the camera, mm, where he's no. addressing the voter head on? Or is it all a rocky sizzle reel? Like he could. True. The, the direct line is he could have been a middle class kid that made good, but instead he did good. Yeah, and, I think I saw like families hugging and then like a, a field of wheat. Yeah, but the ad copy is like he could have just kept the silver spoon in his mouth. <laughs> Excuse me. <Yeah. laughs> that caught me off guard. Well, oh, sorry about that. Spit, but... <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> but the ad copy leads me to think like it's like he could have been 
he could have been stuck with that silver spoon in his mouth all the time, but instead he took that silver spoon and boiled it down and made a bunch of them. <laughs> and now he's given some back to you. Like, yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. Thanks, man. And the other thing I found disingenuous a little bit, when was he elected uh, mayor of, um, of uh, New York City? Um, I'm sure. Because, uh, shoot, I can never do this right. We need a young Jamie <laughs> for <laughs> us. Um, okay, he was mayor from, okay, from 2002 to 2013. He was a three-term mayor. Um, but the ad showed like the crumbles of 9-11, essentially. And the ad copy says something to the effect of took a city that was still, you know, on the verge of crumbling and, and built it back safer and stronger than ever. And I was like, I thought Rudy Giuliani, uh, Rudy Giuliani is a train wreck, devastating story because he was yeah, America's he was scary, mayor man. when he was a hard hat mayor, like hard hat ground zero next to the president. He could have done anything. And now he is such a crazy kook, you know, mm-hmm. he's just doing foreign shadow policy, foreign shadow, um, sorry, shadow foreign policy. Yeah. And I don't even know what to think about all that, but I don't know either. Um, Elizabeth Warren uh, had an ad campaign that uh, kind of dissed Bloomberg, though. Oh, yeah. No, she said. Uh, well, and Kamala even said in her um, getting out of the race speech, she was like, I don't. She's like, I'm not a billionaire. I can't afford to do this on my own. And it was like, well, you should have tried harder yeah. then. <laughs> you know? but, but Warren has an ad that displays photos of Bloomberg while she's like saying it says uh, some people have figured out, you know, it would be a lot cheaper to spend a few hundred mil just buying the presidency instead of paying that 2% wealth tax. But that was pretty good. That's destructive. That's counterproductive. She should be ashamed of herself because... <laughs> Bloomberg is trying to offer a centrist option that doesn't come across as a a dementia rid, riddled pedophile, which is like we're at we're at dementia hair sniffing level with Joe Biden. I knew it from the moment he took the debate stage and I was like, he's senile, he's old, he's not yeah. sharp. And he has literally like the fact that the mainstream, the fact that people are coming out on MSNBC and they're endorsing him is like embarrassing at this point because even CNN is like, yeah, this horse ain't going to gallop. Right. You know, like they're looking at, they were looking at Amy Klobuchar to be the middle of the road candidate uh, Mm -hmm. since Joe Biden had just lost his mind and God bless Joe Biden. He's a great civil servant. Love that man to death. Awesome dude. I hate seeing him lose his mind. I've had grandparents like struggle with dementia and these different, you know, uh, mental things that, Mm -hmm you know, degrade their ability to uh, remember what, where they're at and yeah. what's going on. And so you feel like Warren should be picking more of a fight with, you know, people like uh, Joe B- or candidates like Joe Biden. Is that your beef or no? No, I, I'm saying that if her number one goal is to defeat Donald Trump in the general mainstream election in 2020, which is now less than a year away, um, she's not going to do it. Like she is, I don't like her. I've never liked her. I've never liked her since the Pocahontas thing. Right. right, right. I thought that was the most disingenuous, um, white privilege riddled thing to do ever to like clarify yourself. We're all native American to a certain extent. Yeah. And when she went ahead and released 
the DNA results. Embarrassing. Showing and thought that it was proof of her ancestry. It was like, dude, we all have more than you do. Like, yeah. I hate that part. Um, I like her. I like her conviction level. I think that she was actually, um, I don't want to say worrisome because, you know, I'm not trying to have a, I'm not trying to really espouse my own political beliefs per se on this podcast. Um, and, and I'm trying to have less, less rigid political beliefs or dogs in the race to begin with. Cause you know, I'm kind of on the Rogan train where it's like, it's ridiculous that we have a president. <laughs> like the fact that this one person lives in this big house and speaks for all of us is nuts. Like yeah. we have Facebook, dude, there's 2 billion people online on Facebook. We can, you know, collusion even it's like, was that collusion or was I just talking to my Russian friend or <laughs> right. my Ukrainian friend or having come from the world of software sales where, you know, my old company, uh, that, that platform is continuing to iterate and grow and they have users in over a hundred countries, Yeah, you know? So it, it, it's always difficult for me knowing that I've been in an industry and will continue to be in an industry where you'd break it down by time zone. You know, if I'm in central time, you know, I get into the office, I need to service London and, you know, uh, Europe all the way to Germany prior to noon because, you know, they're six hours, seven hours behind. Mm-hmm. And then by the time the eastern seaboard is shutting down, I'm turning around and devoting my energy to the west coast. So, anyway. Yeah. I'm with you. So, um, that's that's Biden. Uh, my main point with Elizabeth Warren, sorry, I got off track there. Um, I don't think that she can actually beat Donald Trump for a variety of reasons. Um, I thought that she could for a minute, but... I don't actually think so. Her debate performance and her lack of an ability to like take ownership of the fact that middle class taxes might be raised. Mm-hmm. Um, and not speaking on that. She's really sidestepped uh, all yeah. of those issues. And that's been after she's been asked uh, really condescending, yeah. really condescending. So whenever a Bloomberg gets in the race, largely out of, you know, I'm sure that he's basically thinking, OK, the main centrist is going down in a heap of flames. You know, Warren and Sanders probably can't win with the way that Trump will be able to label them. He's like, I want to give, you know, the Democrat centrist party, you know, the billionaire, socially liberal person that they need to run. Because I think in his mind, he's thinking that he's the sane option that represents hope and change and overall democratic, you know, ideology and, and principles. But he's also a billionaire. And will point to his business record. You know, he's a billionaire many times over versus Mr. Trump. Yep. Even if Mr. Trump, even with his inflated, like, I think that best case scenario, Trump's never been worth more than seven to $10 billion. I think in actuality, he's probably been worth far less than that. Uh, And Bloomberg is worth like 40, $50 million, billion dollars. So, I don't know what, what he thinks he has versus Tom Steyer other than potentially name recognition. Uh, Tom Steyer has been hard at work on that advertising on cable news for the last two years. Cause did you ever see him with the, um, he was the one that was trying to do the uh, petition to impeach for the longest oh, time. Yep. 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 So that was his first thing before he started running. running. So anyway, that's, that's Kamala. That's uh, Joe Biden. Um, it looks like Tulsi might make the next uh, debate because she claimed that she was at 199,000 individual 
unique uh, donors when she was on Rogan and that she only needed 200,000. It oh, was wow. like within a thousand. He was like, oh, we're about to <laughs> send you way over that mark. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think one of the other big stories, uh, my boy Buttigieg, you know, I picked this guy early. Like this guy has an X factor that I can't put my can't put my finger on, so to speak. Right. And Iowa is feeling it. Latest poll. I checked 538.com right before we uh, hit record and he's winning Iowa currently oh, man. at 26 percent. Wow. I, I want to say that he was leading New Hampshire as well in many of the polls. Wow. Amazing. I think that Pete Buttigieg is probably the number one person that can defeat Donald Trump. Really? I think that he is, uh, I think he's Obama-esque in terms of setting new trends, in terms of, I think that he is a relative unknown with little experience but he's got just enough track record just enough polish just enough charisma just enough know-how just enough local dialect and Mm -hmm. real emotional intelligence uh to really connect with people i can see that so that's why i didn't look at obama as super establishment whenever he was running which because he hadn't had enough time to be establishment at that point. Right. And I feel the same way with uh, Pete Buttigieg. So I would love to see him, you know, win these first couple of states. And it's going to be interesting, dude. We're like literally, what, 60 days from the first caucus in Iowa, where we're really going to start to get a, a grasp on this because yeah. I, I'm 2020 is, what, three weeks away? We have an election next year. Can you right. believe that the first Trump term is almost over? Like, can you believe that? Yeah, it's definitely flown by. Oh, my goodness. The last four years have been the quickest ever. Yeah. Um, It's flown by for me because I I remember that going on whenever uh, I was getting. Well, you know, it was was started whenever I was. uh, Let's see. Whenever I was about to move to Maryland, actually, I I was in my second year of teaching and it's kind of all just flown by anyway. Uh, you were, so it was 2016, right? Uh, November, 2016. So yeah, so I was in my second, no, I was in my second year of teaching in Dallas and then uh, I was getting, yeah. And that following year, like into his presidency, presidency, I was in Maryland. Interesting. Anyway. Um, Yeah, no, it'll be super interesting to see how all that unravels. And, um, Hillary was on Howard Stern this morning. She was also, her and her daughter were, uh, Chelsea were also on, uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend this week. So they were on uh, Colbert. A, a couple yeah, they weeks, they just ago, they just wrote a book together, yeah. and so they've been, I guess, hit, making all the stops, uh, trying to get some publicity for that. I will say that um, she should have done a lot more Howard Stern when she was a candidate because yeah. he he also has a way of humanizing people, and I saw some of the sizzle reel on Twitter video and. It was compelling stuff. Like, I really want to watch this interview because yeah. uh, she was really down to earth. Like, really, I mean, she was talking about election night and calling him. And, like, you know, I was, yes, I was shocked. I think he was even more shocked. You know, like, right. he, he was beside himself. And then she's sharing funny anecdotal stuff about apparently George W. made some comments at the inauguration. Because you, do you remember how um, Trump had that really bloody, like, crazy inauguration speech where he's like oh yeah the blood of americans yes, will yeah. pour <laughs> so apparently g-dub leaned over and he's like 
what's up with this crap? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> leave it to George W. He's such an aisle walker. Like he, yeah. I love his relationship with Michelle Obama. Yes. I think yeah, that's, that's great. That's one of America's like sweetheart little stories. Yeah. It, they're almost like a meme of like a cat and a dog that like are sitting on each other's backs. Like, Oh yeah. Republicans and Democrats coexisting. It's yeah, so, so it's sweet. Nice. Um, I actually have a couple more topics that I do want to get into. Well, I'm going to go first. Okay. All right. Um, today's must heard. <laughs> continuing, <laughs> continuing with that trend. Um, it was announced today that George Zimmerman sues the family of Trayvon Martin. What? Yes. Oh, you've got the dirt today. Oh, son. yeah. It came out today. So he is seeking $100 million <laughs> in civil damages, alleging defamation, abuse of civil process, and conspiracy. A copy of the suit was distributed to media Wednesday, which is today, um, by the movie's director, Joe Gilbert. The case appeared online um, on, on the, port, uh, the Polk court system. And um, yeah, man, what, do you, what say you about that? Um, I think it's really interesting that uh, he... I, like how he, has he, he not been able to stay? How, yeah, that's what I was about to say. How has he not this been able to stay him, out of the headlines? This made him because that's this that's dude his is an evil mo. Dude. That's his mo. That's what he gets off on. Like, wasn't he on a a, a show? I, Did, I think didn't so. he go on a late night show or something back I think in the he day? Might. I think he might. Um, it's like this happened, and the minute he saw the news crews, he's like, "Oh, new plan, new yeah. way to spin this." Because, dude. <sighs> If, Disgusting. Is he walk? Is he walking around free because he had a bunch of other charges at one point for other guns or something? Like, yep. It seemed like he couldn't stay out of the. He could not stay off the radar of police for a long time after that shooting. And so, correct me if I'm wrong. George Zimmerman was the neighborhood watch guy that was walking around armed and shot Trayvon Martin. Um. I, that is egregious, dude. I yeah. can't believe that. Um, the parents of Trayvon um, and their lawyer have responded uh, saying, I have every confidence that this is unfounded and uh, it's a reckless lawsuit and that it will be revealed for what it is. Another failed attempt to defend the indefensible and a shameless attempt to profit off the lives and grief of others. And then they continue on. But That um, is the sick part, though, is that, you know, if you shot somebody and you, I'm using the term "get away with it" um, because even even in self defense, like I, I'm a gun owner now, I have a license to carry. It came yep. in the mail. Um, you know, I'm not doing that, but you know, I recognize that even if I were to shoot someone in self defense as they entered my home with a brandished weapon, I'm still considering myself lucky if I get taken down to police headquarters. They hear my side of the story, call you know, it a day call it a day you know i'm like okay i'm not i don't even want to discuss this a whole lot anymore yeah much less if this is a gray area shooting or an egregious shooting which i this is going to be sad man but i don't even remember the specifics of that particular one because that was like the first yeah it was, was Tra it trayvon, trayvon with the Michael hoodie Brown that was no, the first? I, I believe it was trayvon first i started um, to conflate some of these in my mind because who, you have all just the, had some skittles you say what he was Trayvon. He, he went to the corner store to get some Skittles. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Happened, like, what, back in 2012? Something well, like all that? of these stories have been invoked and then strung together uh, by activists and people, like, obviously, you've heard the names like Eric Gardner, 
um, um, Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin, Freddie Gray, uh, you know, uh, Sandra, Sandra Bland or whatever her name mm-hmm. was in, from the Malcolm Gladwell book. The, that was actually in Texas, I think, that that happened. Oh, was it? Yeah, I believe so. Um, but yeah, you, you hear all those names strung together and then it's like you can't remember all the footage and which all crimes cops right. committed versus, you know, the perp right before which they Which should were shot in and of itself, I mean, that should show that there's a clear problem going on. Anyway, um, also, George Zimmerman is having a press conference tomorrow on Thursday the 5th at a movie cinema and, a, and screening a film called The Trayvon Hoax. Oh my goodness. Yes. Go back to, um, there was a precipitating event uh, early in that news story that you were just sharing. Did he sue them in retaliation for, it sounded like some movie rights were being uh, acquired. And it sounded like, did somebody buy the rights from the family to tell the story and he was suing them in counter-protest to that and had his own counter-protest film? So it says... um... Well, I'm having trouble seeing it now. It says, as news of lawsuit became widely reported, the theater rented for the screening. Uh, Is it referencing Zimmerman's screening or a screening of... uh, It just sounded like the family was standing Man, I keep going down this rabbit hole, and it was literally like just announced that the the cinema is canceling the event. They were not aware of all the details surrounding it. But how do you not know whenever the film is called The Trayvon Hoax, like somebody's not doing their job correctly? Yeah, but um, if it just comes across your desk and you're like, hi, this is George. Yeah, George the, the suit is it's seeking $100 million in civil damages, alleging defamation, abuse of civil process and conspiracy. That Yo, um, what what professional like public reputation does he need all this recouping of funds from defamation for like, wasn't he a nobody? Um, I don't want to say loser, but did he have a job even, or I'm sure he had like a nine to five or something, but wasn't he just kind of like a normal average walking around guy um, prior to this? Like, I don't know why, why wouldn't you shrink back into relative obscurity or go into hiding or just live a normal lifestyle? Why do you have to so rigorously not only defend yourself, but like, offend for yourself like right. it's, it's, he's on the offensive essentially yeah um that's so gross yeah it's it's disgusting um he could have he could have killed trayvon martin in self-defense and yeah. still it would be in poor taste to make this film yeah he was part of the i mean i don't know what he was doing for full time but back whenever he had um shot trayvon he was part of the neighborhood watch he was a coordinator uh, for his gated community Oh, so he was in a gated community. Yeah. So maybe he did do something slightly more public nine to five. I don't know. We'll do more yeah. research on that. Uh, well, Trayvon was visiting his relatives that lived at the community at the time. But anyway, that's an aggressive neighborhood watch, man. Yeah. I watched the video of T.I. getting detained and arrested outside of his gated community. He rolls in in like a Bentley at like four o'clock in the morning and the guy won't even acknowledge him. He's like, hey, man, I said Harris. I live yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Bottom line is George Zimmerman is a, a piece of crap, dude. Yeah, yeah, No yeah. shade, but we hate him. No, all the shade in the world. Like, he seems like, like he's off disgusting. his rocker. It seems like he's, dev- like, devolving. Like, yeah. he's um, 
spiraling or something. Yeah, that guy's got to go, man. I mean, it's got to be just hella upsetting to like shoot somebody whether you meant to honestly he's like he's likely just from all the stuff that he's stirred up and caused like i'm honestly shocked that he hasn't been shot by someone who's actually in a gang or anything like that you know just for all all the amount of damage that he's kind of caused yeah i mean uh shoot you don't even want to put that idea out there right but um the only the, the only real incident of uh, like a Black Lives Matter, for instance, a person going rogue and going violent is in Dallas you right. know, when they shot five police officers here. Yeah. Um, and that sparked a lot of questions and protests surrounding the use of like robots. Yeah. You know, that was was one of the first I don't know if it was one of the first instant instances, but it was definitely one of the most publicly visible on an American street where it was like, OK, Five officers gunned down, so they send in a robot to just nuke this guy. Yeah. I don't know. Crazy. That's pretty crazy. Anyway. So speaking of all these social media platforms and politics and all of this, okay. I, I wanted a quick hot take from you on what's going on with uh, Mark Zuckerberg. What because, is going on? So we're seeing a lot of him, I feel like. We're seeing a lot of him in mainstream media. I mm-hmm. saw that Gail King and the CBS Morning News team were um, – Mark and Priscilla Zuckerberg are opening up their home for an exclusive all-access sneak peek. And, you know, they're hosting coffee at the house, and it's it's a fluff piece. Yeah. And so I wonder more and more about, you know, not only the data harvesting and just the empire that he's built and all the different things that they own, but he's been rumored to have political aspirations. And really? Yes. Have you not heard this? No. Like, I've... direct for president. I, I mean... And I, I so no I'm watching moves like I think Trump should educate us that 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 was such a, a out of left field example where it's like, hey, if I hit do the number one hit business TV show, business oriented reality TV show for 15 years, people are going to perceive me as a successful businessman. Yeah. So now I look at moves that people are making and I'm like, huh, what are you planning down the line? Yeah. You know, everybody thought Zuck was a robot. And yeah. so now he's doing a lot of like humanizing fluff pieces. Like, look at my home. This is the well me and my wife dug, you know, <laughs> different stuff like that, yeah. which which makes him which makes me feel like even more like he's a robot, like trying to convince <laughs> us. <laughs> it's like, no, look, I'm just like you. Dude, that was one of the things that Rogan talked about at length with Jocko and Tulsi. Uh, really? Zuck trying to drink water. They even <laughs> pulled up the video. <laughs> yeah. And Rogan's I, like, I, he's I've a seen robot. The video. I've seen know? the video. It's crazy. Tulsi has been one of the people that have been um, clearly sabotaged by some of the big platforms. Like she got, I think Google search was messing with her because she was the most Googled person during the debate, mm-hmm. probably because she's hot. Honestly, yeah, I, she's good looking. I hate to say that, but people are not just looking up your platform. You know, yeah. they're like Google image that girl because yeah. she looks like a hot Cruella de Vil. Yeah, they shouldn't. But looks matter. He even asked about the gray streak in her hair. It's totally natural. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It's not enhanced. It's just that one gray streak. It's mm-hmm. a tribute to like her family who all grays earlier or something. And okay. Anyway, go look up that interview. That one's really interesting. But they, yeah, they talk about Mark Zuckerberg, and I just didn't know if you'd noticed. Um, I was you know just watching TV the other day. I think it was football, and uh, I think it was on Thanksgiving actually. Okay. Just a cup of coffee and. So I mean, Gail I've, King and Priscilla and Mark all sitting on a white couch. And I'm yeah, like, what? No, I, I didn't know anything about that. The most news that I've 
always seen about him lately is you know the how people aren't don't really have their privacy on Facebook and you know you talked about like the data mining and all that so I I didn't even think that you know he would be considered a presidential candidate but well he wouldn't be today but Um, you're saying down the line I'm saying yeah like when you're planning 10 years out 20 years out like if you're if you're in your 30s sitting on a net worth of about 50 billion dollars and ever growing and you're already think about it his ascent at facebook is unprecedented in that nobody lasts the entire journey the fact that the fact that they started that thing back in what 2004 something like that yeah and we're going into 2020 and he's been CEO. Yeah. See, I'm CEO, which <laughs> he's been CEO since day one, since their first, since Peter Thiel put a $500,000 check into Facebook and they started operating out of that house. Dude, do you realize they made uh, that Facebook movie whenever we were in college? Can you imagine what it would contain like today if they were to make the movie today? Well, the, so- the social network is the movie I'm talking about. They thought it was, which is, one of the greatest yeah, films of all time. Yeah, it's amazing. David, fin- David Fincher, but they, they Aaron could e- They could easily do a sequel. Well, it, it, that is going to be Star Wars, like Return <laughs> of the Jedi. But I'm telling you that the Jedi thinks he's going to be president one day. Hmm. And he's probably not planning on 2020, obviously. Probably not even 2024. But mark my words, 2028, if he's doing fluff pieces for Gail King right now, in the next 10 years, you just don't make it from like yeah. startup venture capital money all the way to like publicly traded one of the you know most highly valued companies in the world. And he's the fact that he's remained in control through all of this, you know, and he rigged the board and rigged all the yeah, shares and all of this wild. is insane. It's mastermind. And the journey is not going to be for forever. Bill Gates is not the acting CEO of Microsoft. Yeah. Larry and Paige, uh, Larry and uh, Sergey from mm. Google stepped down this week. Did they? Yeah, they are. They were still, um, I guess, co-CEOs or something of that effect of Alphabet. Okay. Um, the holdings company behind Google and YouTube and all of their various properties. And so now uh, Sundar, Sundar has everything. Wow. He is the man. They're going to remain wild. active on the board, chairman of the board, different things like that. But that's the passing of an era too, because I mean, dude, that's, that's a grind. I remember in YC listening to a founder who had left his company as it was still ascending and he was the founder CEO. And one of the reasons that he listed, he was like, dude, I did it for nine years. You know, that's severe burnout. (laughs) I I can comment as somebody done it for three and a half years. You're, you're always facing the, those types of realities or, or quandaries yeah, that no you doubt. have to solve for. Um, so, yeah, I think Zuck is going to take a backseat, do more fluff pieces, start contributing more op-eds, yeah. commenting. Just, just make a little trail so they can look back on him over the past few years. Well, he's already got, like, normally these political careers culminate in, like, a, a Clinton foundation. Yeah, but He's already got all that stuff, you know? <laughs> right. He's already got all the money in the world. He's already got... All the foundations like his Facebook feed is full of nothing but, you know, helping, you know, poor African children as they dig wells and like literally just do the most innovative things all over the world. Like this is our new data center. It's 100 percent green. And like 
we employ local Cambodians to bring in fresh coffee beans every day. And like, right. it's just every different point that you could hit. So that's crazy. Anyway, I'll get off that. Um, all right, dude, we, te- I texted you about this the other day. Yeah. Um, and this is my last topic, but I thought yeah, this was we can so end on this one. funny. Southwestern, you've made the podcast again. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> oh, y'all, oh man, y'all are so, acting silly. You remember? Uh, so you remember a couple? Ep- was it a couple episodes ago where we were just kind of like, could you tailor these emails from our? We we both went just so this is yeah. alone. We both went to Southwestern Adventist University in Keene, Texas. Whoop! You know, <laughs> what? we won one basketball game. In what three time years. is it? Nighttime. <laughs> yeah. Um, we we shared. If you want to go back a couple of episodes, we talk at length about our experiences there and kind of how we feel about the next generation of people leading that institution. And I think pretty globally, we are frustrated with marketing and development. And this week was no different. Yeah, y'all done messed up. So I thought it was so funny that after we railed on them for all of those emails and just all of that, there was literally two two emails sent out? Two. Two. And so I saved both. I'm, I'm an email at zero. Yeah. yeah. Uh, email inbox is zero type person. So I saved both of those because I was just, <laughs> this is a, just atrocious. Like yeah, the, the format, I'm like, change the constant contact theme. It's been the same one for the last 10 years. It's terrible. So <laughs> I saved both of these emails. I log on to Facebook. Shout out Sarah. <laughs> Sarah keeps getting brought up. <laughs> She's got, <laughs> she's got screenshots. She she must have done awesome screenshot annotating both emails, shared them in a status update. She's got red, like circle. Oh, she marked it up, baby. It looks like me grading uh, yeah. one, one of my sophomores' essays. It's amazing. It, it's like the right spot because she was an English major as well. Yeah, she was. And she literally just goes in on Southwestern, and that was. Not only did she have the caption where she just like blew a like she she blew a new like <laughs> blew the roof off their heads basically, yes. but then the screenshots themselves were filled with probably thirty different oh my goodness grammatical. I'm uh, looking at it right now. From, it's like, atrocious. Share a couple. Um, okay, so first of all, they didn't even get uh, they made a mistake in the in the subject in the subject line. So it says the miracle after Thanksgiving, like you know Thanksgiving the holiday is one word. So they already messed up in the subject line. Well done, Southwestern. If it was two words, it would have been said, the miracle after giving thanks. Yeah. The next mistake they made is in the very first paragraph of the of the email, which it says, reminded of two miracles, like with no spaces. So four words are combined with, with no spacing um, anywhere between. Just awful. I didn't even catch that. This is worse than I thought. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like... Um, you know, and then, uh, so, yeah, there's just several spacing issues, um, comma errors, um, very redundant. Um, there's three paragraphs in a row where it says, so today, then the next one says today, and then the next one says today, like just very repetitive. Um, and so whenever you're crafting an email, especially whenever you are asking for money from the alumni, can we make it look a little bit more professional, please? Um, well, and, and dude, like, be accountable like you're sending us you send us two emails a year you send them back to back i i remember sarah's critiques were even like 
you're you're prefacing or you're teasing something that we haven't even been made aware of yet. Like, what is Day of Giving? Yeah. Do you want to do a little bit of storytelling well, and education on like what this even is that you're hitting us up for? Yeah. So they called it like Day of Giving, but then they called it something completely different in the follow up email. So it's not like they're not even keeping the same title of the event. And we don't even know what that event is in the first place. And dude, even the most religious schools have a, a level of accountability where they're going to send you a crisp email asking for money, but it's going to be for something specific or tailored. They're going to say, help us as we embark on this new building journey to do this. Like, here's a tangible thing that'll make you proud of your alma mater. Here's the 3D <laughs> rendering that we're envisioning for the new uh, marketing school, which you're a grad of. So we want your money in particular. No, it literally reads like a cult manual. It's yeah. like on this day of giving, after giving thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ for being our <laughs> savior and for giving us all of the pumpkins and cornucopias, we ask you to remain, you know, with the Holy spirit and your walk of give. It's like, it's not even real language. It's not even, yeah. you have to translate it. Like you can be a Christian and still just say, Hey, how's it going? Like, or, <laughs> Greetings, you right. know, respected alumni. Like, we'd like $1,000. Like, what gives? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, man. It, it was so bad. Like, Brad, Brad sounded, I hadn't even seen the, they literally, the words that he's talking about, there's no spaces between the words. They're just their own line. Yeah. Oh, and they're emailing um, the alumni, right? So, and in the paragraph, you know, where they're calling out everybody, they say, um, you know, God has worked in the lives of our students, faculty, and staff at Southwestern. Well, guess what? You're not emailing the current students, the faculty, or the staff. You are emailing the alumni. So why don't you, like, talk about us as well? Um, yeah, it, it's just, uh, man. How about even, like, oh, and then it says, uh, I, I, uh, what does it say? Today, I thank God for the miracles he is about to perform through your giving. And Sarah just writes beside it, how? <laughs> like, how is he? Like, obviously, God can use that for good. But like, what are you going to do with the money? Like, provide proof. Exactly, exactly. Report. It's the accountability. It's the pride of like all things temporal for the moment. If you could like, hey, this money is going to this building or through your gifts and donations, we've been able to educate this many full-time students this year like any stat any hey this email is going out to the forty-two thousand alumni that we have spread over 120 countries yeah you know, working in these different industries or just do you have knowledge as to anything happening underneath right. your hood and let's make it clear uh so sarah miller the one that you know did all this um <laughs> it's not like she's just complaining like she's actually tried donating in the past and uh she tried donating twelve hundred dollars that was earmarked to a specific cause and they told her that they were going to designate it elsewhere so she you know pulled back on it and then she tried just donating 25 dollars later and they rejected it because they said it wasn't enough money so they actually have rejected some donations like i guess you have to donate at least 50 dollars to move on but if somebody's willing to give you 25 dollars for your to your institution like what are you doing? Why is there why is there a limit? Well, it's not shocking that an organization whose marketing efforts are so subpar would also have friction with their checkout process. Yes. And so. and not only is she just complained about this, she actually has sent it to the president. And you know, we have actually gone on record saying that, you know, we think he's a good guy and everything. 
But did you read the response that he gave her? Oh, he got in on the fray? Uh, no. no, not not on Facebook, but she emailed him um, oh. about she emailed him because this isn't the first time we've received an email like this. Right. So she has emailed. Uh, we got 30 seconds left, son, on this recording time. Okay, so they uh, we got to save it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, he had emailed her saying that, oh, sorry, we're going through a transition. And that was like all he had said. Ooh, that's we'll, we'll just loop this over and keep going to a new one. That's mega interesting. Yeah. Well, and the fact that she had just provided the annotated screenshot, it's like they should send her all future marketing emails so that she can proof them like just the fact yeah. that she'd gone through such painstaking annotations and like grammatical like you haven't introduced this concept to us yet all the things that she majored there for the funniest part is that everybody is tagging like english professors in this fray because right. this generated quite a response from a lot of our friends definitely yeah. and people that feel Doc sympathetic dr woolley and lowey would never like never allow this to happen They'd probably be ashamed of this, but it's probably not a battle that they could fight. But so what did what did uh, the president okay. he emailed her? No, no, no. So Sarah. Um, so this was months ago because somebody was like, well, I hope you send edited copies. And she's like, I already sent an email with similar concerns to the president a couple months ago. He responded. And this is in quotes. They're going through a transition. And like, that's it. I would, I, you know, I hold Sarah Miller up to like a high standard. I think she would, you know, provide the full dialogue if if there were any but that's all that she said the president had responded back so um i'm gonna take her word for it that that was verbatim but that that seems in character with him in that the response that i would expect is that yeah i fired the person that's responsible for this subpar work product and well apparently not because well i don't know who this new somebody's still is. around there's a a fairly foreign name um that you know, sent the email. There's no context for who the person is. And frankly, I, I don't mean to come across as like uh, not open minded or not contemporary with like the foreign name thing, because I've done business with a variety of countries, but her name is very strange. It's a very strange spelling okay. to the extent that with all the other misspellings of the email, you're like, you is this also like, a misspelling? Like, yeah. it is this. Maybe maybe this was an assignment given to like some of the ESL students. <laughs> no, it, it literally seems like that. Yeah. And the graphic design like rejects or failures yeah. like, oh, my goodness. On know, mobile, man. that email is just atrocious. They need I to... wish that they would get it together, man. Yeah. I, I want to shout so them much, out. Yeah, there's so I much that we proud. would love to promote uh, about our university. However, keep dropping the ball, man. Don't ask for I'm still paying off loans. Do not ask for me for money. Whenever there's that many mistakes and you're not actually like coming across as professional. All right. That's well, my beef. And talk about this lifetime that you're educating us for. Like every email is is more yeah. wacky than Ellen White. It's <laughs> it's like it's more futuristic and more not of this world than the Bible. The yeah. Bible even has more daily principles that you could follow, but a Southwestern Adventist University marketing email is like, though you sit on the clouds and weep for your harp, the day of giving is upon yeah. you, my child. For your treasure is not here on earth, but it, in heaven. Yeah, it's like an Alice in Wonderland rabbit. It's it's the wildest thing. I'm like, it's like, what are you going to do with my money to benefit? It's like a Nigerian prince email students. scandal. Yeah. It's like, hello, for my yeah. prize is not here, but for my bride and. 
for seven thousand dollars you too yeah it's and the- you will receive blessings <laughs> yeah. it's like okay like i believe uh, in god i know he's gonna bless me i do a lot of other things so convince me why i should receive my blessing from donating to you yeah um terrible my the president actually plays golf with my uncle and so on thanksgiving my uncle was showing me a text message thread between him and the president oh and the president was trying to tack on to a threesome golf outing but all in prose so he was like uh hath no afternoon plan but to go and whack a can with the ears and oh. but it's like it, it it was three text messages like fully fleshed my uncle has the large i didn't know the font went up this high on yeah. a, went up this large on an iphone but um he's showing me this and i can tell that my uncle is like all right, man. So you trying to golf or what? <laughs> like, be there at one. Yeah. And he's just like in all these limericks or these poems. And it was like, yeah. I was like, ah, did you have this pre-canned or did you come right. up with this on the spot or what? I don't know, man. Anyway, get it be, together, Southwest. Put that effort towards the emails, please. That's all. Uh, you got any shout outs before we get out of here? Shout out to Heston for shouting us out. Oh, yeah. Oh, let me share this story. <laughs> I texted Brad after that Heston shout out. Heston a good personal friend that we also like intersect from a business perspective about a half a dozen different ways. We're always bleeding over and that's how we like to keep it. But he, uh, he, one of the people that is in our, I would say our network, we both follow him on Twitter. He's a, the, one of the foremost probably podcasters within the SaaS software space. I think one of his compadres said, Hey, I've been listening to this guy and this other guy, and mm-hmm. I need podcast recommendations. And so Heston was like, "Yo, listen yeah, to these guys. I listen to them every week." It. And I'm like, then they both start engaging with it, and they both start liking it. Like, yeah, we'll check it out. And I was like, "Oh no!" Like, <laughs> it was again that that business agitation where I was like, it was Harry Stebbings. Like he's he's like um, I forget what the podcast name is, but he is the guy that you go to yeah. when you have like uh, a SaaS software company that you're starting to scale. And you're getting famous. Um, so it was so funny because they both interacted with that. And I was really flattered that Heston had done that. And then I was thinking like, oh, is this topical enough? Like, well, are they going to receive any value from this not knowing us? Right. But yeah, big shout out to Heston for that. Um, he actually put out, he's been iterating on a startup idea over the last probably year um, that I we've had some conversations here as of late where he's just really massaged his elevator pitch and harry stebbings thank you 20 minute vc that's his podcast thank you yeah no problem um yeah he uh he's over at saster which is the foremost it's, it's the number one ecosystem for software salespeople in the world like uh the saster conference is something that i attended in san jose um my idol runs it jason limkin he sold his first company to Adobe and it's now EchoSign. Yeah. Um, dope dude. I actually got to meet him and really? pitch him at YC and I was I saw him in the bathroom. <laughs> and so I walked outside. Can I have a moment bathroom. of your time. I walked thirty yards away and then pretended like I didn't see him and let him walk away for a little while before I you know, I didn't want to yeah, straight out of the bathroom. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a, a knees quaking moment for sure, just because I have a lot of respect for him. So it goes to the illustration of the point that Heston was introducing us to some really reputable guys that I was like, yeah, I thought that oh, was awesome. Our I little mean, podcast. And, and you know, you know, a lot better than I do about who some of these oh. people are. But um, just the fact that he would 
he would share it to anyone, like anybody that tags us in anything and is like sharing it with others. Like that means a lot to me. No, and I was appreciative to him for that. And I was also very proud of him going back to what I was trying to say before I got derailed. He had put out, he's been iterating on the startup idea and as of late has some really concise, compelling language surrounding what their mission is going to be. And he's made a lot of headway with different aspects of potentially bringing this to market. And um, uh, he had written this kind of manifesto of sorts. Like he wrote this Medium article where it was just so intricate and well laid out where he's like, we have this product. It does this. It does this for this specific set of people, i.e. schools like ISDs, universities. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you have any issues with allocating the area of your budget to devote to this, there's new legislation that we actually help lobby and pass. We'd be more than happy to like get in contact with you for an onboarding consultation and identify from like a legis- legislation standpoint, from like a law perspective, what the new budget ramifications are, what's allocated for this, who you need to ask at the federal level for like funds. And so it was just so well done. I was so yeah. proud of him because um, it, it's, it's rough putting an idea out there and saying, okay, this is good to go for the moment. Like <laughs> come and get it, you know, because you never want to set anything in stone, but you know, the first, it was just a very concise thing because I was like, in writing this, he benefited himself, his startup idea, his articulation of that idea. But also, I got to imagine that interested investors that get a hold of that article are like, oh, wow, like, can I get a check in here? You yeah, know? right. Anyway, so, shout out Heston. Yeah, once again, shout out Heston. That's that's who I wanted to shout out uh, this podcast. Cool. Yep. Well, number 10 in the books, buddy. That's I right. Double digits. getting together. We're Thanks locked to in. all the listeners that are still with us after what two hours two hours plus yeah it's our, we, we, that's our longest episode yeah man well thanks to everybody that tuned in this is the weekly catch-up podcast for wednesday december 4th 2019 as always i'm carson gibbons i'm on instagram at carson gibbons and twitter at carson c gibbons you can find the show at weeklycatchuppodcast.com and i'm bradley colvin you can catch me on instagram at brad colvin Twitter at HumbleBrad, B-R-V-D. And uh, once again, we will catch you up next week. Yeah, talk to everyone next week. Have a good one. Later.